Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centericebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the most, the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There's been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think that chip has gotten bigger now. Can his shoulder handle it, though? If that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Philip Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan, and here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 7 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are the often-imitated, never-duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, a special thanks to rockandthatidlife.com and centericebrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, October 27th, and we are broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. This is franchise episode number 325 all time to interact with the show. We are on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just do a search for us. You will find us. Uh, I'm your host, Kurt Price, and joining me tonight is Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, and we'll be talking some St. Louis Blues hockey as the evening goes on. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. The uh, 5-0 Blues start. Uh... Lots of stuff there, and then we'll talk about the uh, the issue that is the Chicago Blackhawks uh, later on in the show. So uh, announcements. Uh, oh, first, guys, uh, I guess happy Halloween in four days. Yeah, you guys got your Halloween costumes all picked out. Uh, no, nope, <laughs> no, not for you yeah, guys this year. No, no I uh, <clears throat> once Kurt pulled off the perfect Marty McFly Jr. I could never try to dress up for Halloween again. So, no, not for me. Yeah, I... Uh, oh, go ahead, Kurt. I was going to say, I might be going to something on um, Friday. Uh, might have to wear... Or might wear something. Uh, I have a couple of, uh, of onesie Halloween outfits upstairs. Nice. Uh, I, have a, I have a chicken and a gorilla, so I may grab one of those. Nice. We shall, we shall see. So uh, next week for Movember, you guys, hopefully it'll still be around. We'll see if the wife allows it. But my Halloween costume, why I've grown out the beard, is I'm going to be shaving this into a mustache after the show. 
I am going to be Hopper from Stranger Things. Oh, you got the shirt and everything? Yep, I've got the Hawaiian shirt that he wore in the first, like, it's the actual Hawaiian shirt that he wore. Uh, the, the acid wash jeans, um, the boots, um, I've got a little hopper badge I'm going to put on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be styling profiling, so I'm looking forward to it. The wife's going to be, uh, wife's going to be Joyce. She's even got the little, she got this, uh, she found this necklace on Amazon. It's Christmas lights. And I'm like, perfect. Nice. (laughs) That, uh, Stranger Things, uh, man. A little, I mean, a little frustrating that, that it takes them so long to get a season out nowadays. Yeah, I think those kids are in their thirties now. They're, uh, they're <laughs> yeah. all got families. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah, the one's been doing promos for the new Ghostbusters movie. And I'm like, wait, wasn't that the kid from Stranger Things? He looks yep. 25 now. Well, and yeah, that's so. the funny thing is that that movie was filmed before COVID too. Yeah, dude, it's, it's insane. so he's even older now. Do you like that kid? I mean, not <laughs> Do you not have personally. a problem with that kid? I, I just, I, I as He's an actor, I just, no, I just, I just, you ever, you ever like a character just like annoy you? I just, uh, he just, that character annoys me. It just, I don't know. I like, think annoy, I'm sure there's been annoying characters in the past. Oh, the I'm. Foo from uh, Beauty and the Beast comes to mind. <laughs> That's the first one that comes to mind. I love being the Rough. beast. What can I say? Okay. All right. <laughs> what about Freddie Lip and Cobbleman? Uh, uh, you know, when it's a comedy, it's it's a different story. I don't know. I just I, when, I find I I found him annoying. When I uh joined the show earlier, Kurt, did you see what name I put in? I did. What was it again? I I forgot. Stanley Ipkiss. Yes, Stanley Ipkiss. Nice. One of my favorite movies. The Mask. The Mask. The Mask. Yep. Jim Carrey's Jim character. Carrey's character. Okay. Yep. I was like, that sounds familiar. He stole your pajamas, Zipkiss. I haven't seen The Mask since it came out on VHS, probably. Wow. That's that's a great movie. I think I wore the um, my VHS copy of that out, um, at least that the first... Um, 30 seconds when Cameron Diaz comes out of the rain. I was going yeah, to say that is the that movie she looks out. the best in. She looks yeah. great. Do you own the movie a hot dog on VHS? No, nobody not. <laughs> you, you don't No, <laughs> Cause there is a scene in a hot dog where if you had it on VHS and uh, I'm sure that uh, when you get to it, uh, it looks like it's snowing all over the screen. The tracking is probably so terrible. Uh, it's worn out. And, and those of you who have seen Hot Dog uh, know what I'm talking about. It's a hot tub scene. Just saying. Oh, yes. I do remember this scene. Okay, okay. It's, yes, it's pretty. It's pretty wearing uh, up the YouTube video of it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's it pretty. Is. I mean, as far as like 80s movies go, that's as close to porn I think as you can get. <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely, it was definitely a softcore porn in Hot Dog the movie. And I think as far as movie ratings go back then, it was probably rated PG. <laughs> Jaws. Jaws is rated PG. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Odd. Wasn't it Jaws that caused the PG-13? Or was that, that was some, actually that was something else. Uh, I want to say it was something else, but that, I, I remember that story. And I can't recall what movie it was. Gremlins. Was it Gremlins? I, I don't know. Oh, here said it is. It, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That was what it. 
Huh. That's what this. Uh, that's what everything '80s podcast says. I don't know if that's okay. true. Well, if it's on it's a podcast, the... that'd be true. That's true. Right. Right. You can't <laughs> can't doubt a damn thing that's said on a podcast. Yeah. Right. Why else would Especially you be listening so. to us tonight? Right. Now right. it has to be the uh, you know the extracting the heart from the chest scene, which if you watch it now, you're like, wow, that's really bad special effects, but. At the time, yeah, that was that was pretty intense. Uh, this gremlins. does say, by the way, Gremlins. It does say that that was a part of it that came out right before. Okay, I guess. So, speaking of Gremlins, Christmas movie or no? It's a movie yes. that takes place during Christmas. I'm with you, Jeff. It's a movie that takes yeah. place during Christmas, but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I, I, my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to the show, so I can say this. I always give her shit and tell her that Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. I don't believe that's actually a Christmas movie. It is a it is it, a movie it, made during Christmas. It, it's a it's a fan. It's a it's a. Some folks might get tired of those kinds of conversations. I do not. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I, I I love having the back and forth about Die Hard. Uh, I um Die Hard falls into the Christmas category for me. It's. To me, it's 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 made during Christmas. Not really about. It's not really a Christmas movie. Doesn't fit into that yeah, category for right. me personally. So. Right it, for me, it does because it was a family tradition to watch Die Hard on. And you know Christmas. what? And Die right. Hard is typically on around Christmas, is it not? Right. Like on TV? Yeah, it is. So it is. But it yeah. was Post released Gremlins. in July, right? Yes, right. It was released in the theaters, and yeah, the th- summer. Um, yeah. uh, but it's kind of like Home Alone. Home Alone has always been a holiday movie, like after Thanksgiving, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's not a Christmas movie to me either. It's takes place in the winter. It's not a Christmas movie. I, no. What do you think, sure, listeners? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this is going to be a heated debate. And most people, most people, I think, say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I think, but. Uh, I will say, man, the one thing that made me kind of say, yeah, for sure it's not, was when Bruce Willis came out and said, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I I, I, I think that adds a, a nice little feather in people's hat that wants to want to say that. But uh, on the other hand, to be devil's advocate here, um, just because it's in the movie, does it make him an authority? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. The director, I think, says it is, though. Oh, oh I didn't I know think. that. I hmm. think. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, announcements. Uh, the anniversary of uh, Game 6, which those of you in St. Louis, if we say Game 6, you, most folks know what that means. It refers to the 2011 uh, David Freeze game. I know there's a hockey podcast, but uh, this is kind of a big deal. And also, there's a little hockey tie-in here to some degree. So, um, there's an event tonight with uh, friends of the show, Ben Hockman and Stephen Walden, uh, and also Tom Ackerman uh, and some others to celebrate uh, the game six, the anniversary of Game Six from 2011, or David Freeze game basically. Uh, they're going to remember and tell stories. Uh, and uh, Stephen Walden's going to live paint the painting at this event. So it's going on right now, I believe, or maybe it just ended. But uh, St. Louis remembers and celebrates, right? Because that's what sports fans do after stuff like this, including Stanley Cup. You celebrate that shit forever and don't let anyone ever tell you that you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, that was the 11th World Series. And for me, except for 06 for me, because 06 was the first one I ever actually saw, uh, that is such a, that is one to celebrate. I mean, my God, what a, what a season. 
Yeah. Right. And I, yeah. It, it kind of marks the end of me really giving a shit about baseball. This is like, <laughs> they win it that year. Pujols is gone in the next year or two. And, you know, it's just like, the next year. Okay. That was the next season. summer. Now, yep. now baseball is boring. So yeah, how are you going to top that? Right. And that, that was, you know, that was pretty damn amazing. Um, and yeah, somebody posted today, there's all kinds of traffic on Twitter about this and somebody posted the, you know, the box score, um, didn't have it tagged or anything about game six and just said, you know, who can identify this mm-hmm. box, this I game just from the box. Score. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, uh, immediately you see it, you are like, Oh, bottom of the what is it? The twelfth or the thirteenth? Cardinals uh, it was the eleventh or the the eleventh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Extra the, the, the ninth. They scored one in the eighth on uh, Craig's home run. They scored two in the ninth on uh, Freeze's triple, and then uh, 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 what's his name for the Rangers hits a two-run homer in the top mm-hmm. of the tenth, and then the Cardinals come back with two in the bottom of the tenth, and then they they get out. They they retire the Rangers in the top of the eleventh, and then Freeze hits the home run in the bottom of the eleventh. It's like the greatest uh, last few innings of a baseball game ever. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love because people always say it's the best game of all time. It was a horribly played game. It was five errors But it was exciting game. Game. as hell. So exciting. People forget that earlier in that game, Freeze dropped a pop-up right to him. Yep, on the and that was my favorite quote, was that afterward they asked him, like, you know, yeah. what did you think when you dropped that pop-up? And he said... Just give me a chance to 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 rectify myself, because my God, I would have felt stupid. Oh God! It's like, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that's not a maybe not a Bill Buckner moment, but it's pretty damn close. Well, I, if it had happened in the bottom of the ninth, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, with the running run at third, and you, that'd yep. be the third out. Oh God! So. Uh, the official beers of episode number 325. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. Uh, my handle is at CPRICE12. Jeff's is at JPonder94. And Bill's is at BillyBlueNote33. And since the Blues are 5-0, and and I think we've been going with Jeff first, I think we will continue that trend. Sounds good to you guys? Yeah, sounds good to me. So, me. so before I, I do my beer, I'm going to show really quick something the Blues helped me out with. So if you're interested in... Um, the Ponder Cup, which will be on November 20th, we filled today, uh, filled up the the, the lineup cards. Completely? So everyone, yeah, we're done. We got everybody Ooh. playing. That was a last uh, minute. That was a rush because there was like, earlier today, it was like, what, eight or something? Yeah, I think we had like eight people sign up today. And then we had one more for the waiting list. So, yeah, it, that's how it always happens. It happens every year. So, uh, it wasn't a surprise to me. But I'll just add real quick. Uh, I think I mentioned before that I've got a game used... Marco Scandella stick, kind of hard to show in the shot Ooh. here. But I asked be, the it before he's released. It's a little scandalous, maybe, Uh-oh. right? Uh, since he's kind of the whipping boy. But the Blues did help me out and got it, helped me get it signed. So we will nice. be giving this away in the uh, in the raffle. So if you're interested, I thought this was a pretty cool item, and it's a massive stick because Scandella is a massive man. So how, how long is it? Oh, I don't know. It comes up. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Don't typically measure. Sticks. I'm going to say five ten. Right. That is my guess because it comes up to almost the top of me, and I'm five really? eleven and a half. That's pretty. Yeah, because yeah, I think my I think mine typically come up to my chin or something. Mine comes to the chin when yeah. I'm on skates. Actually, I I've been cutting mine shorter lately. When I'm on skates, it's been coming to my chin. 
I've wanted to try that. Yeah. I've wanted to try. I'm telling control. I never you, did. I never did. My puck control has improved yeah. greatly since I did that. I, I know my i i I know my puck control would get better, but my slap shot would suffer. And I my and slap I, shot's gotten better. But granted, my slap shot's not the best part of my game anyway. I so just I, really I just bend I just bend my knees a little more when I go into a shot now. Maybe when I'm 60, I'll hate that. But now it it it's fine. I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, my that's... beer of the episode. Oh, sorry, Bill. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, that the uh, song, the I, I remember there was a trend like um, late 80s of uh, players sawing sticks way the hell down mm-hmm. um, so that they bend into it more. Um, that kind of went away with the advent of the aluminum stick. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I always was told that, that, hey, it looks like your stick's too big for you. And I'm like, actually, this is the perfect size. That's what the coaches always told me. And they always told me when I was in high school, like, you should try cutting it down more. And I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that. It wasn't until I was like 30 that I finally did it. And I'm like, God damn, I wish I would have been doing this 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know what it is. It's just I play better with a shorter stick. Um, anyway, so my beer of the episode is the O'Fallon Pumpkin Beer. Um, kind of been hard to find in stores lately, at least on the Missouri side over here. So it's starting to go out of season, but um, happy to have one to maybe close out. Well, this is closing out October for our shows. The pumpkin will be able to hang on for a while, though. It'll be through here through After Halloween, they become very hard to find out. Really? Here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, you can, yeah, you'll be lucky. Like, I remember I went to uh, Friar Tuck like two weeks after Halloween about three years ago, and I found one six-pack, and I was excited. I was like, oh, my God. I found one. So you're telling me it's better on the Illinois side? Maybe I should go shopping over there. I just I I I want to say it's like here through Thanksgiving easy. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Always see right. it in Schnucks, Briar Talk, um, mm-hmm. all the local stores over here. So next time I uh, maybe it's just where I live now, but yeah, next time I'm out your way, I'm totally gonna be stopping into a Schnucks or something. Oh, okay. S Nolan eighty nine in YouTube chat says. Uh, better Thanksgiving movie, Son-in-Law or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Is that even a real question? That's not a real question. Right. I mean, son, Son-in-Law It's totally was... Son-in-Law. <laughs> you know what? I, I, to be honest, Son-in-Law was okay. It was kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is, is one of the best holiday movies of all time. One of the best movies of all time, yeah, honestly. Really good. I love that movie. I We need to dig up that clip, STL Blues History, if you're listening. The one he posted... When John Candy was in town, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, John Candy and catch, and, catching a um, blues and North Stars game, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, um, fuck the, uh, uh, the my the, mind is my mind's foggy this week, but me too. Uh, the director, Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis. No, no Harold Ramis. it wasn't Harold Ramis. It was uh, not Harold Ramis. John it Hughes. Was, um, John Hughes. That's yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We're catching up right on the same time. That's great. yeah, right. <laughs> we have we it, share one it, brain. It took a wrong suggestion to get the right answer. That's right. That's right. We had to yell at you to get it right. <laughs> uh, Bill, beer, beer of the episode. I think that's what we're on. <laughs> ah, yeah, my beer of the episode. Um, foreshadowing for later uh, discussion in the show. Um, I am going with the Backwoods Bastard. Mm. Let's see if I can get it in the frame a little better. Yeah, from Founders, one of my favorite beers. It's a barrel age bourbon barrel age Scotch ale, very very boozy and 
definitely a warmer. Love it. Um, but backwoods bastard, what Stan Bowman should become. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned a, a boozy, uh, higher ABV beer, like a sipping kind of a, I, I that, the, sitting outside, cool weather, uh, around a fire or something. You got the, the sipping, uh, boozy beer. That's fantastic. That's good stuff. Yep. Yep. It's like, Love it's it. like drinking three beers, but it's just, you just got the one. Um, oh, mine. Uh, I've got my last, my very last peanut butter porter from Saugatuck Brewing in, in Michigan. So I'm, I'm enjoying this one slowly this evening. Uh, it is, uh, um, smooth and creamy. Uh, only 5.7, Bill. Not, not like yours, which is, yeah, I'm sure more. Yeah. Mine's like 14 or something. 14. Um, I, th- I saw the Saugatuck. Uh, locally, um, might've been at, um, at the grocery store at Pete's market. So if you, if you miss it, you might be able to go find it very close. This one, the border at Pete's really, it it was either there might've been Randall's and Fairview, but somewhere this side of the river. Huh? Okay. I will, I'll keep an eye out. Thank you. Uh, before Uh, we get into like the bulk of the show here, mm-hmm. Bill kind of made reference to the Blackhawks. I just want to say, folks, that, uh, yes, we are going to be talking about that, and I'm dreading it. Honestly, I know Kurt and Bill are, too. Uh, it's just it's a sickening, disgusting thing that happened, but we're going to try to be happy and positive about how fucking awesome our hockey team is playing right now and not think about those bastards up in Chicago and well, the other bastards around the league that are still there, but we'll we'll get to it. But uh, I just want to say, let's, let's try and keep it positive as much as possible until we get to that. And, and and we, we talked about this issue uh, when it came to light publicly, uh, what, four or five shows ago, wasn't it? At least. Yeah. And uh, about how absurd this was and how it this needed to have attention brought to it, right? Um, and did. I mean, just enough, I guess. Not enough, in my opinion, but enough to get no, something done. should be more. Investigation. Yeah, I mean, and but uh, it should still be more. I mean, this, this should be headline news everywhere, and it's just not. I mean, it's, it's out, for, for, for hockey fans in the know, they know about it because they're paying attention. But if you're not a hockey fan, you probably haven't heard much about it, which kind of stinks. It should, yeah, it I, post, should be, I, no. I posted on Facebook, and my mom had no idea, and she's a news hound. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, let me tell you about it. And she's like, how have I not heard this? And I'm like, because yeah. they're doing everything they can to make sure it's not top news. Which is weird because, I mean, you, you think that, that, that I mean, the, uh, sure, the Hawks might be doing that. Um, but what's to stop the, the sports media Especially from making this their top story. Especially, I mean, the, TSN had it front and center, but yeah. that's Canada, you know. So, I mean, and and that's Rick Westhead. I mean, right. First off, I I think we need a shout out to Rick Westhead and Kitty Strang for their amazing cheers. reporting. Never, cheers never let this one go. Yeah. So, cheers to both of them. Yeah. I mean that 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 was amazing. So, I absolutely, you know, uh, TSN you know, is, is going to run with that story because he's their reporter. Um, and they got to, uh, you know, they got to have the, the interview with the victim tonight and, um, you know, just absolute, you know, 
cheers to the bravery uh, for uh, Mr. Beach for, for coming out. So, yep. And we'll, we'll get into the details of that. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the timeline and everything, we'll talk about it and, uh, and give our thoughts on it. So we'll do it later after, after some blues talk. So, uh, uh, a couple today. comments real quick. Oh. Dustin Paul over in the Facebook chat. Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> uh, Brian Roberts in the YouTube chat. Thank you, chat. Dustin. He says, Thanksgiving is the best Thanksgiving movie. It's about a turkey who is possessed and kills a bunch of kids. I've actually heard of that, but I've never watched it. Hmm. Now, it's one thing. I mean, I, I like Die Hard. I do. Um, but, uh, man... Put, uh, putting it as a Christmas movie is a stretch for me. Uh, and then to call it the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Woo. Okay. All right. We'll have that discussion in a couple of weeks. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I like, I like having that discussion. Uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at SDL blues history, Twitter account, October 27th, 1992, uh, Brandon Saad was born October 27th, 1992. So happy birthday to Brandon Saad today. Unfortunately, he has to spend it on the COVID-19 list, unfortunately. Um, apparently asymptomatic, though. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, he should be back uh, soon. I think as soon as he can, he has two negative tests in 24 hours. Uh, that's that's when he can come back. So we should hopefully that's soon. I'm guessing Sunday or Monday, judging by when he was put on the list. Well, but we'll see. It could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, timeline's always those, different. Whenever those two negative tests come back, asymptomatic versus symptomatic is different for how yeah. they treat it. So, uh, October twenty seventh, two thousand and nineteen, David Perron had his second career four point game and overtime goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues. His second assist of the game was his three hundredth Blues point and five hundredth NHL point of his career. Uh, that was a pretty cool game. I remember that well. That was only a couple years ago. Uh, October 27th, 2015, Jake Allen made 26 saves for his sixth career shutout, and Scott Gomez scored his only goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues in their 2-0 win versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a trip, a tip in front on a shot from the point. Um, Scott, I, okay, so Gomez was only here for, what, 20, 30 games. Um, I remember, though, his time here where I... Didn't he have, like a number of like good chances, but was like snake bitten, couldn't score, finally got one. And then that was it. I, I want to say that's how it went for him. That's how it went for him in Montreal too. Right, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, uh, his success was really only with the devils, which he had a nice career with the devils. You know, he's a 40, 50 yeah. point guy every year. Over under games for the blues. Let's say I'm going to go 25. What's your over under on that? Over. Over? Just over. Mm, I'm going to say it's like 20, um, 28. Yeah, I'll take the under. I think I'm going to go under two. Uh, you both go. Hang on. Do, 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 do. 21. So Bill and I were correct. Damn. One goal, that, seven assists. Is that uh, is that site regulation? Official? This is NHL.com, so I sure mm-hmm. hope so. I don't know. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, October 27th, 1976. Uh, 45 years ago today, Bernie Federico recorded his first career pro hat trick for the Kansas City Blues, 
versus Salt Lake in a 4-1 to win. Not many saw the hat trick. Only 1,166 people were in attendance in Kansas City that night. Kansas hmm. City, known for its hockey. Right. Uh, scouts and the Blues. Well, you know, I mean... Scouts? 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, it, you know, it would be really cool for them to get an NHL team, but I can't ever see it happening. And just, just for the pure rivalry perspective of uh, of having Blues and Kansas City, same state. state you know, if it were in the same division, that'd be kind of neat. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I guess we before we get into the uh, Blues play after their impressive 5-0 start, how about uh, what do you guys say? You want to take a vote? Do we do we listen to a word from ID Life? Yeah, I all in favor? Say aye. I, 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 nay. <laughs> Who keeps saying that? You guys think about where that's from. It's safe to say that the burn box from RockinThatIDLife.com provides you with the sugar bustingest, muscle buildingest, mood enhancingest, focus inducingest, energy boostingest, experience. You not only get the excellent product, but you get recipes, menu options, a tracker, and program guide to assist you along your self betterment journey. Based on your goals, you can double up on Slim Plus or Energy, or you can get one of each with flavors such as mixed berry, tropical fruit, and orange. The burn box lets you enjoy the weight loss or muscle gain journey along the way. Become a VIP with RockinThatIDLife.com and place your burn box on subscription and you'll save 20%. And as always, text the roughest, toughest, he-man, stuffest hombre has ever crossed the Rio Grande. And our friend Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. Now all of you skunks, clear out of here. And go over to RockinThatIDLife.com. Uh, the Blues are 5-0, and oh, back-to-back impressive wins versus L.A. since our last show. Uh, 7-3 win on Saturday and a 3-0 win on Monday. Uh, during the Blues national broadcast game versus Vegas um, last week, uh, the broadcast crew mentioned, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, the Blues will have their work cut out for them against a very good and young LA team. So you know, not to not to completely <laughs> just cut you off, but we, we we've talked and and if anybody any of you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you know that we've all kind of been making fun of the national media about not what's going on right now with the Blackhawks, but the fact that Blackhawks were supposed to be a playoff team. A lot of people said the Blues aren't. Well, look at the look at the standings. Blackhawks, what seven games in, still haven't won a game. Um, they finally had a lead for the first time ever in the season tonight, and they yep. lost in overtime. <laughs> they ended up losing. They lost the lead yeah. and then lost in overtime. But, but so <laughs> then I like so that to the me is like the top like ha ha moment for what are you people thinking picking the Blackhawks? Like not to pick them as a playoff team, but to to say that they're better than multiple teams in this division is, yeah. is ludicrous, but, and, and let's round it back to what you were just talking about. The other thing is the Kings. I think the Kings are good. And I think they very well in a tough, in a, in a I say tough as in rough to watch division in the Pacific. Uh, they could make the playoffs over there just because it's just a matter of who's going to lose out to cause a team to make the playoffs. 
Vegas they're good, that good over but the right they now. are not as good as right. people are giving them credit for. You know, they're they're getting there. I think within two to three years, we're going to be talking about a very, very good Kings team. But have you heard the talk going into the season? A lot of people were saying, watch out for the Kings this year. They didn't impress me one bit in those two games. Yeah, but you know, to defend them just slightly, um, they are hampered by injuries, right? They they don't have Drew Doughty right now, and Quentin Byfield's a huge miss for them. You know, he he would be you know top six guy right now uh, on the team, um, but he's out. And then you know they they had the uh, uh, another unfortunate uh, injury with the uh, the knee on knee in uh, last night's game. So uh, yeah. or sorry, Monday night's game. Um, so. <clears throat> They they could be making an impact like San Jose. I mean, look, San Jose is is playing you know punching way above their weight class right now. I think, um, but they're getting results, and the Kings could easily be doing that if if they were you know if they had Downey, if they had Byfield, um, if they had Yoshif Stumble, if they had Jason Allison, right, right, and Rob Blake back on D. <laughs> Yeah. Byron Defoe. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, of course. Luke Robitaille. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bring all the boys back. They do have sure. They do have sure. Robitaille in a manager. French connection. Play. Let's do it all. That's right. <laughs> uh so um go ahead. You, you, you I was just gonna say, yeah. Um thanks to Kurt. Um, and, uh, a scheduling staff who I was able to go to the game Saturday. Um, and that was, uh, I mean, I paid <laughs> for the yeah, let's, good one. yeah, let's <laughs> say, let's, good. let's talk about that. Uh, Bill, since you were in the crowd, I'd like to hear mostly from you. Uh, but I always want to hear from Kurt too, because Kurt's wonderful. Um, how was the, uh, how was the bonfire, Kurt? Uh, it was, it was okay. Not what I was going to say. It was okay. Miss Fire was on fire. Bill, mostly. Uh, I the the you know I saw it on TV. Most you know I'm sure a lot of people listening did. But the opening ceremony, having the crowd mm-hmm. back at full capacity, what was that like? I uh, couldn't tell you. Um, we got there uh, right after the Kings scored the uh, first goal of the game. Um, just, Guys, you're terrible at yeah. this. <laughs> I know, I know. I, we we didn't get a chance to talk about this before the show, so this is this is awful content right now. So this is um, you, so midway through the first period, right? About midway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't get to our seats until the end of the first period because you know at that point we're just going to get some dinner and uh, hang out in the concourse before we try to get up there. So. Mm. Was it because of the, was it slow to get in or was it, what was the deal? No, no, it was absolutely that, that part. I mean, it might help that we got there halfway through the first period, but. I, it, I heard it was, it was pretty easy going, getting in. Yeah. However, yeah, I mean, the we, reason we, behind that I heard was because they weren't really checking COVID cards mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They were kind of half-assing well, it. We, so we did the pre-register thing. Um, mm-hmm. where we okay. uploaded our cards and it got verified. So who knows, you know, how much goes through that. But the second I showed the guy, you know, my phone with, you know, that said three people, you know, with, uh, you know, have a, have verified their COVID vaccinations. He let us walk right through and it was, it was pretty smooth. So, I mean, from, from that perspective, I mean, it, it didn't hold anybody up. 
Um, but certainly I don't think that they're going to wind up busting anybody for using fake vaccine cards. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I, Unless I, Evander I'm... Kane walks into the building. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. Did you guys, human. I don't know if you guys saw SNL last week. I, ah, I've drawn a blank on his name, but the basketball, there's a basketball superstar from New Jersey. Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Thank you. Uh, and Michael Che made a comment on SNL that said, uh, you know, yeah, he's not allowed to, uh, you know, play in certain games, blah, blah, blah. I hope he does the right thing and goes and gets himself a fake vaccine card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Buchnevich, uh returned to the lineup in this uh, uh, in the second game versus L.A. So the, the Blues did win the first game 7-3. to three. Um, The second game, the 3-0 win, uh, Buchnevich returned. Uh, Saad was still out on COVID protocol, uh, and speculation on Saad is, like I mentioned, he's asymptomatic, uh, since according to Brube, his return is unknown. If he was symptomatic, it would, we'd have a better idea, I guess. But, um, he just needs to test positive twice in 24 hours apart. Um, if he were symptomatic, he'd be out at least 10 days. So, uh, the game was, uh, scoreless going into the third period. Uh, pretty good game back and forth. Lots of shots. Um, entertaining and, and LA, you could tell, I mean, you know, beating a team in back to back times, uh, is tough, you know, to, to get that second win. Uh, it's like sweeping a series in baseball. It's hard to do, you know, that, that team usually wins that, that, that deciding that third game. Uh, well, and then especially, uh, the, the blues last season, their struggles with the second game of the series, they, mm-hmm. you know, last year they did the series yeah. thing and yeah. it seemed yeah. like mm-hmm. the blues could not win a second series game at all. Right. That's a good point. Uh, scoreless going to the third uh, when Tarasenko scored early candidate for goal of the year. Um, highlight real goal, juking uh, Mikey Anderson. Ooh, it's funny that, that a guy goes by Mikey um, and he's an adult. Uh, Mikey Anderson turning him inside out and then deking uh, Jonathan Quick and going top shelf stick side. Um, you, fantastic goal. Fantastic. Do you think Mikey liked it? Um, I guess he did not like this one. Hmm. Mikey doesn't like it. Hey, Mikey. No, not this one. Not this one. <laughs> I like it. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Um, no, <laughs> you know, I, if, you, uh, if, you could, if you could show a, a highlight, a clip, a montage of him getting beat left and right and saying Mikey likes it, that'd be kind of funny. Oh, maybe we should work on that. <laughs> Bill, I'm going to put that on you. Put that. Uh, that's our first post on TikTok, Bill, right there. Ah, uh, all right. I lost the login credentials. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, man, so the uh, Vegas game, which by the way, I, you know, was a fantastic game. Um, just an overall fun game to watch. Uh, if you're just a hockey fan, not even a fan of either team, but you saw the breakaway early from Tarasenko, uh, which ended up, I think, shooting wide on that one. Uh, but the hustle, the the skating, that's what you wanted to see. And and we didn't see those in the first couple games for the Blues this year because it was what I th- was saying last year, that this guy's just – he doesn't have it anymore. It doesn't seem like he has the legs anymore. Well, he showed it in that Vegas game, and then he scores that big goal late after a Petrangelo turnover, which, by the way, was fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, and then um, – but, but then to see him just – do what he did in this game. That goal. I mean, ha! Huh, that was vintage Vladdy. The minute he like 
you know, you saw him kind of make the head move and then put the puck between Mikey's legs. Uh, it was, I mean, it was a thing of beauty. That's that's what you want to see out of him. And it's just, he still has it. He can still do it. And you just hope he stays healthy. Uh, so which one was better? Uh, Tarasenko's highlight reel goal against the Kings or Kairou's uh, highlight reel goal against... Arizona. Was it Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. Arizona. Yeah. 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 So, so it was, which, that was which where... I, I'm going Tarasenko because he pulled it off at speed. Kairou slowed himself down, so don't get me wrong. He he had speed was involved. He changed it up and made Gostaspir miss twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think the the timing um of of the goals and the speed, I give it to Tarasenko. Kairou did make him look like a ghost bear. Um, but, uh, nice. <laughs> a little terrible joke. Uh, I am this a father, like, folks. Is it, are you Chris Berman? We on sports center. What's going on? Back, 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 back. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I, I like, I'm, I'm he's with, the, he's uh, the worst I'm... person to call a home run derby, by the way. Yes. Because there's a thousand home runs and it, and every single hit is back, 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 back. Knock yep. it off. Don't do that every time, please. I agree. Uh, but I got to go with Bill on this. Um, I think uh, Vladdy with the speed, with just the – I mean, listen, I, I play men's league, and I'm not good. But every now and then, once out of, you know, 20 tries, I'll put a puck between the defenseman's legs. And I'm just like, I can't believe I just did that. That was amazing. You know, and, like, I'm so proud of myself. Vladdy just does it, and it just looks so effortless. I mean, the way he does things like that, it's – Oh, so I, I, I'm going to go Vladdy. I'm with Bill. Um, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, and also because I think seeing seeing that from Tarasenko was like, yes. Yes. That's what we want from you. You know, that kind yeah. of thing every once in a while. I think it was almost like a right. huge weight off of a lot of fans' shoulders saying, he still has it. Even though he's gotten a ton right. of shots, you know, and he had, he had a goal before this game. Uh, but it's like he hadn't really been putting the puck in the net, even though he'd looked pretty good, had a ton of shots, getting a lot of chances. Um, but yeah, that, that move was like, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. I mean, is this the Tarasenko now we're going to see? Hopefully so. Right. Right. It's, it's a situation where it's, you know, he, he kind of, uh, you know, makes you think he is not a has been at this point, you know, whereas with Cairo, it's like, this is an up and coming kid. This is the stuff we're starting to expect from him, and you know, love to see the highlight right. reel stuff. But with Tarasenko, that that reinforcement that this is an elite player who, when he plays at the top of his game, is better than most in the league. That that was that was the emotional lift. I think that most of Blues you know Blues fandom took from that. Well, and not to go back to the the Vegas game so much because it was a while ago, but when he went on that breakaway and and just out hustled, I can't remember what defenseman it was, but the way that he was able to out hustle the guy and still come in and yes he missed the net, but for me that was where I was like, oh man, he might still have something because if you listen to the show, you know I said he's never going to be a twenty goal scorer again, and it's because the last couple of years after surgeries and then last year, especially once he came back, 
he just looked like he didn't have the foot speed anymore to to keep up in the NHL as an elite player. And so seeing him be able to out hustle and out work, I was like, oh, if he still has the feet and he can keep the puck on his stick, that's all he needs. Now, I will say earlier in this uh, Kings game, he got a puck in the slot. I think it was on a power play. And if he would have one timed it, no doubt back of the net. But uh, somebody just sent an alarm at 5 a.m. We have two Google speakers that are just slightly too close to one another. I so talked to that was in the bedroom, and ah. I picked up in here. Okay. Nice. Well, anyway, so uh, he had a chance, and he did He did the usual Tarasenko, the cradle of the puck, and then shoot, and it allowed a defenseman to slide in front of him and block the shot. And it was just, come on, man. But, like, when he does the dancing that he does with the puck, that's where that's where he shines. And we've seen it the last couple games, and it's, oh, my God, it's so good to see it again. He uh, scored again, Tarasenko did, at the 15-minute mark of the third period on a breakaway going five-hole on Jonathan Quick. And then uh, Perron added a uh, bank shot, empty netter off the boards to seal the deal with the Blues for a 3 to nothing win. Huso started this game, what? got his first wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What an empty net goal by Perron, right? <laughs> it, he it's it's um, rare you say that, but like he clearly did that on purpose. I I, I think I think yeah. he was I think he was trying to. I mean the, yeah. the 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 sheer momentum of the puck, you know the the speed it had on it. I I think he did too. If he if he was just trying to clear it out, he would have chipped it uh, differently. I think you chip it he in the air, to... or you just you know kind of try and loft yeah. it to center. And yeah. no, he fucking had authority on that shot. Mm. Uh, yeah, perfect <laughs> billiard shot. It yeah, it really was. Huso got his first shutout of the season and his first start of the season, stopping thirty-four shots. Uh, yeah, and this wasn't really an easy eighteen you know, eighteen save shutout Mm-mm. in a blowout situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was thirty-four shots in a tight game most of the night, scoreless going into the third. Um, and LA peppered him at times, you know. Uh, so this, that's that that's and and so he stopped him point blank a couple times once a really nice pad save down on the ice uh, uh on a on a cut a guy cutting across the slot um and on a wraparound chance too uh, a couple of them um he got mm-hmm. the pad over and and uh, shut the door on the post and which which I, if I, uh, memory serves me correct that last year was kind of an issue it seemed like he wasn't getting over fast enough i i think he gave up a ton of goals but it allowed a lot of rebounds it allowed a lot of chances and and he didn't do that that game. It was he was over split second, and he was covering the rebound, and that's what you want to see. How long before in his starts we stopped thinking about okay, just get past the first two or three shots, and don't don't let one in because yeah. that was a big problem last season. Halfway through the season, <clears throat> I'd say give me well, give me ten starts. Yeah, I think it might take that, but I also think that you you know because. Back-to-back regular season shutouts going right now. He gets yeah. another two or three, and I think we forget about it sooner. Um, but sixty-five yeah, straight mean, shots I, he stopped in those yeah, two games. He and I, I tweeted, uh, you know, last night that to me he looks bigger. Like he looks bigger in the net, and I think that's that is a function of confidence, um, positioning, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, confidence. Yeah, it's sure. it's positioning and confidence. And he, like, I don't remember him looking that big. 
in in uh, you know last year when when he had all of his struggles, um, and certainly you know the one of the biggest knocks on the Blues in terms of you know where they're going to wind up this season is we we lack goaltending depth and it's it's going to be a problem. But he puts up a couple more games like this. You know, obviously we don't expect him to have every shutout. Don't expect him to start the game against Colorado, um, but he if he can pitch a shutout every now and then. Um, I mean, right now that's something Bennington hasn't been able to bring to the table. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not gonna you know argue that Bennington should be the number one guy. He's he's having a hell of a start to the season too. Um, you know, he's had some some late game issues, giving up some goals, but he's um he, he's an emotional leader for the team. You need him in there most nights. But having you you said it on Twitter, Kurt. You know, having a solid backup is a huge deal, and. Mm-hmm. Right now, we've got a solid backup after the first performance of the year by Billy Huso. Yeah, and that's that's a part of the game that has changed a ton. I mean, I know that a lot of the game has changed, but back in you know the days of you know Grant Fior, obviously is the one that comes to mind. The days of your days of your yeah. This guy is going to play now. Now maybe Grant Fior actually is a bad example because he had Andy Moog back there too, but Grant Fior. It was like, well, this guy's going to play 70 games. So we just need a guy who can throw back there for 12 games and hope that our offense scores nine goals. You know, like, and, and I mean, obviously that's the extreme case with the Oilers, but really any team believed that. It was, hey, we got this guy. We'll, we'll start him 70, 75 games if we can. And then we'll have a guy back there that we can throw out there for against the bad teams, play 10 games a season tops, you know, and that's not how it is anymore. It's, you need to have, and I'm not saying it's a 1A, 1B with every team, but a lot of teams are doing that. And you have to rely on your backup goalie uh, for at least a fourth of the season now. And I think with like the way that the COVID protocols are working, especially lately on top of um, uh, concussion protocols that they have, you know, goalie takes a shot to the head. He's got to come out of the game, you know, I think you you it's really important now to have a guy back there that you can trust. And that was our big question mark, right? We talked about it in the season preview. How is Billy Huso going to play? It's been one game, but going back to last season, the way he ended the season, he looks pretty damn good. So you have to hope that this can continue. Uh, he's won four of his last uh, five games, dating back to last season. I uh, did see a serious, strange comment on uh, Twitter that uh, after this game said that Huso is the best backup in the NHL. Um, why do fans Ooh. do this? Why, why do they do that? I, if, okay, great game for Huso. He was perfect. Um, looked good. Had a great finish to last season, uh, albeit, you know, last couple of games last season. But, uh, you know, it, it's like the guy who said Jake Neighbors is the best passer on the Blues. After he had a nice game, why do fans do that? Why why do why do they make outrageous comments and and totally overshoot the analysis, and then you just set yourself up for disappointment when that doesn't come to fruition? I, I, well, I, I guess I guess Spencer Knight doesn't exist. I guess uh, Pavel Francouz doesn't exist. The four-headed goalie monster in Dallas doesn't exist. I just I mean. It's, I, 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 I really do hope Huso uh, has a great season and continues off this this good start, uh, this shutout. But 
the best best backup in NHL after one start this season is is just slow down, pump the brakes, guys. Let's let's take it one game at a time with the backup goalie who doesn't have a lot of experience in NHL yet. Still, so um, let me ask you two. Uh, so going and, and actually, Kurt, I I actually know what your response will be because I I saw it on Twitter. But going into this game when they announced, um, I think it was Lou Korak was first to tweet, um. You know, uh, who's so first off the ice in practice, he's the starter. My first thought on that was, it's early in the season. Let's let Bennington roll. The guy is playing great. He's been the big reason the Blues have gotten off to the start. I want to see what he can do. Let him keep playing until either a back-to-back against two good teams, which I, I don't even know when that'll be, or he loses a game. San Jose um, and... Uh, uh... Well, not that they're oh, they're off to a good start, but there's a back to back against back to back against San Jose and uh, somebody else next week. Uh, okay, well it? there you go. But yeah. unless it's like because because right now I feel like for, when you start a season, you know, Bill and, and I know you could speak to this. Goalies want to see the puck. They that's why they take warm up shots. They want to get a feel for the puck, and and I don't know if that translates gate in the game, but I feel like in a way it does at least mentally. I'm playing great. I want the crease. That's my net. I want to be in the net. So I actually disagreed with starting Huso. Now, obviously, he comes out, pitches a shutout. Blues win. Looks great. So it's uh, obviously was the right call to get the Blues a win. But, uh, Bill, let me ask you first. What what did you think? Is is that the move you would have made? Um, I think it was the right point. If you're going to expect him to play 20 games in the season, right? That's, that's, you know, going to be 20% of your games. It's the right time to do it back to back against the same team. Yeah. You probably want to put the, uh, you know, the other guy in there. I, I, it's kind of a schedule oddity, but I thought it was right to, to start him over Bennington uh, for, for this game. Um, you know, it, uh, you're not, you know, like, like Kurt said, you're, you're not going to start him against Colorado for sure. Um, and then, you know, next week you're, you know, you're going up against a couple of hot teams, but I, I think the timing was right. You have the back to back situation, um, you know, after the blues had a pretty convincing win, um, showed that they could put some, some goals off on the board, um, in case Huso did give up that first goal and didn't have the confidence, but Hey, he, he, you know, at this point there really isn't a lot of debating to do since he got the shutout. Right. Yeah, and, and I think I just to double up on on your point, Jeff. I think that uh, it, it's early in the season, and the Blues are playing very well, and we it's not a back to back night situation. I'd go with uh, I, I was going to go with Bennington. I, you know, I I think I thought there'd be plenty of opportunity to get Huso in. I was almost of the opinion let Bennington finish out this month, and then the first series in November I think is a back to back. Uh, at nights, then you play Huso then against probably you know San Jose or who is it Nashville? I think I don't know the schedule. Ooh, San Jose and Nashville and back to back. I don't no, know. It's no, it's L.A. again. It's L.A. and that's Nashville. right. We play L.A. Right. and we don't see them again for the rest of the season. So, we so Monday night um, or sorry Wednesday night in L.A. Uh, so you know, great hike pretty much in L.A. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night. Pretty much, uh, and then pretty much Thursday night. Yeah, I so I would imagine you'd see Huso again against LA since he had the number last game, right? 
Uh, that would make sense to me. And in LA. Um, LA. And San Jose is playing better now anyway. So maybe that makes, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it, it, it uh, but I, I was not, I didn't think, uh, you know, bidding, starting a goalie, you know, five or six games in a row nowadays seems almost, it's a rarity, which is weird. Cause like you touched on it back in the day, it was a goalie started as much as he possibly could, you know, 70, 80 games sometimes. So, um, you know, I, I, I and, and I, it worked out fantastic. Great. Um, uh, confidence for Huso going forward. Confidence for the fans too, uh, in Huso uh, to uh, his next start. I'm sure. So I don't think anybody anybody will be questioning his next start when he gets it, uh, or be concerned, you know, because he's coming off a shutout and, and played well. So, um, by the way, guys, we got a good friend in the YouTube chat, GT Dale. I guess is what he's going by. Hey all, and nice good. hoodie, Jeff. For those that can't see it. If you're podcasting, I bought this great, awesome. Honestly, I, I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor of the show and that I drink their beer all the time. Center Ice Brewery released this hoodie. It was, uh, I think, within the last, I think it was right at the end of spring or beginning of spring. This thing is super comfortable. This is the first time I've worn it. I've worn it all day. Super, super comfortable. I'm not sure what fabric they're using on this, uh, but this is uh, this is a great stuff. Uh, but anyway, he says it's Adam Calgill. By the way, so bartender Adam oh. from Center Ice in the YouTube GTL. chat. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for joining. And and yeah, man, keep these hoodies coming. I'm about to buy another one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I I may have to buy. Well, I can't buy the same color that you have. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Do they have uh, Adam? Answer my question. Did they have? Uh, do they have other colors? I'm not sure if they do or not. This is clearly it's blue with the yellow outline. Uh, so clearly that's the blues colors and most of the colors you see with, uh, center ice stuff, but I like the shade of blue too. It's that light. Oh, yeah. The... yeah. Good like stuff. That. It's that's the vintage stuff. Jersey blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, okay. So the, um, in the five, nothing start for the blues first five, nothing start in franchise history. Uh, we are currently, I, I don't think the games tonight have changed that. I don't know. Maybe they have. Uh, first in the West, 10 points, tied with Edmonton and Minnesota. First in goals scored, 25. First in fewest goals allowed, 11. And first in goal differential in 14. This is all in the West. Uh, uh, what did we on this show say about our offense in the preseason? That this offense was very deep and was going to score a lot of goals this season. It looked like they could on paper anyway. Uh, we also talked about the defense being unrated, at least I did, um, and as well as Bennington probably not getting quite the respect he deserves. Um, so, and all wow. of that has been, you know, has fallen uh, the way we kind of saw it, which is, which is, and not to toot our own horn, but it's just I, I like it when things pan out that way. No, in a prediction show. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, we don't, I, I think we've said on the show, all three of us don't really like giving predictions. Hate predictions. It's, Hate it's, it's not Hate fun. It, it actually no. sucks, but we just figure as a podcast, you know, we kind of have to, um, that's kind of the whole content thing that, that you have to follow, but, um, no, it is nice. And I'll say, uh, Kurt, I agree with you on the offense. Definitely agree on the goaltending. Um, that's something I've stressed since day one. 
Jordan Bennington's the real deal. Anyone who says otherwise isn't watching. You're just not watching. Um, and, you know, you, you look at the stats again, like the people who looked at the stats from the playoffs last year and said, oh, well, Bennington was terrible because his GAA was under nine and his save, or I'm sorry, his uh, GAA was over three and his uh, save percentage was under nine. And it's like, well, yeah, but they also were swept by a very good team. And he stopped 48 shots in the first game or whatever it was. And he was the reason they were close in games until late in the game when he was pulled. So yeah. <clears throat> it's like you give the guy credit. Uh, no, I will say the defense, I would actually still, I know we're 5-0, and so it's hard to find uh, complaints. They're well, allowing too many shots still. But that's I, coming into the season, and let me let me count that real quick, and I'll let you go back to it, Sam. Oh, go ahead. Uh, coming into the season, the defensive strategy was kind of revamped a little bit, less of a focus on blocking shots, more of a focus on letting Bennington see them. Uh, that was part of their fine. part of the deal. I, but so I feel like he's going to see more shots this season. There's just I still feel like there's still too good of there's still good of good quality shots that are getting through, and Bennington's playing great. And Which I if think you're Bennington, Bennington, if Bennington's hot, and obviously Huso last game too, it's fine, and it's going to work out. It's still going to lead to wins. But if when the when I say when the scoring dries up and they go through a drought, because every team does, you have to hope that your defense can step up a little bit more. And that way they can still win games 2-1, one nothing if they have to. Yeah, uh, I, I think the defense, you know, to, to finish off this point um, is they are still making adjustments. You know, I, I, I talked a little bit last week about how bad Scandella looked in that Coyotes game um, on that, uh, that quick bang, bang power play goal down low um, just got the, you know, got turned around the wrong way. And um, the, the Saturday night game, um, you know, it, back the, the home opener, um, you know, Everything else I've seen this year from Jake Wallman has been great, but he totally got turned around, got turned the wrong way. And, um, you know, that led to, uh, I think, the third uh, L.A. goal. Um, But, you know, it it was, uh, you know, they're making adjustments and the team is getting better about, you know, like like you said, they're allowing Bennington to see it and being better about clearing the puck quickly and not, Letting those King second, second and third opportunity. Right, exactly. Right. And let me let me clarify again what I said about the defense. Uh, when I said that uh, it's an underrated defense, uh, I mean that you know the national media and those giving predictions on these these big websites and, and news programs, they were listing the Blues defense as a reason the Blues might miss the playoffs. And I and I, I don't think that's fair. Uh, I, and I, I think they're better than that. I'm not saying that they're a great, great defense. I'm saying that they're underrated in a sense that, that they're saying that that's the reason the Blues missed the playoffs because they didn't do anything to make the defense better than it was last season uh, as far in terms of upgrades. And I think that that's, that's a lazy analysis because there's a lot of things that are going to play into this defense that they're not even taking into consideration. So that's that's where I'm coming from with with my with my thought on the D. I, I, obviously, I agree. I, I did say that I think I'd like to see Scandella released if Prunovich is ready to come up. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that. I'd like to see Mikola get more time. 
in place of maybe uh, uh, Scandella or Bertuzzo. So um, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that I don't want changes there either, but all I'm saying is I think that they're right. underrated based on whatever I was saying, which I think is, I think is a fair point. Um, and and I I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I didn't... Right now. I was going to say, I think we'd be remiss right now if we didn't mention uh, Scott Perunovich, AHL player of the week. Rumble I was assist. Yeah. Like I said, Bill, we share a mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. Le- leads the uh, AHL in scoring. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, nine points in five games uh, was what led to him getting AHL player of the month. I think he's added to that since. I'm sorry, player of the week. Uh, he's added to that since. But, yeah, I mean, he looks great. And I know there's been a huge calling to to get him up. I know our friends over at the Two Guys One Cup podcast have been really calling for that. And I, I get it, but I also will add the Blues are 5-0. and oh. You don't need to make any changes. And... Perunovic is getting top, top minutes right now. He's not going to get that in the NHL. So I'm, I am, and, and I know we've had this discussion on the show before, but I am all for just, hey, Blues are winning. Keep it going. They look fine. Perunovic is racking up the points in the AHL, getting top line minutes. I'm fine with the way it's rolling right now. Just keep it going. Yeah, I, I like the idea to take it with him, take it slow with him because of what happened last season with him missing the entire season with an injury. So I, that he, I mean, getting games for him down there is only going to help him uh, in the long run. Um, and if after 20, 30 games uh, down there or, wh- or whatever number it may be, or if we, if we uh, see a, a trend change up here where we need to make a change defensively, you know, bring him up, give him a look um, and see how he does for a handful of games. Just, I, I'm, I'm all for that too. But I, but like you said, yeah, I agree with you. I, making a change right now, just for the sake of bringing him up. I mean, I, if we needed to, great, but I don't think we need to right now. Right. You you bring him up now only if we find out that this COVID thing is spreading to other parts, including the defense, right? We've, we've lost two top players. Um, I think you'd have to, you know, it, I think if uh, one of the defensemen uh, on the roster right now were to come down with it, you might try to stick it out a game, but before you go on that West Coast swing, you're going to call him up. Also, hopefully that uh, doesn't happen. AS Doll in the YouTube chat brought this up, and it's a good point because I've heard that before too. Um, pretty sure all of uh, Prunovich's points came on the power play, which, I mean, not to discredit points, points are points, uh, and power play points are big, but uh, he wouldn't get power play time up here, not really. So, um, I don't think you'd see the same production necessarily. Uh, it wouldn't translate up here. Um, you know, a good player is a good player, though. You know, uh, skill is skill. So uh, I, I don't think he would be necessarily a hindrance at this point. But I think, uh, you know, again, n- there's no rush. Um, uh, Brian Roberts says I would like to get him called up after Thanksgiving or maybe December if he's still hot in the AHL. Again, it depends on what the Blues are doing. If the Blues are still rolling and there's no injuries, Keep him down there. I mean, I, I know that, of you know, if you do it all season, maybe even in the next season, yeah, maybe you have a problem with the player. But I think right now, I mean, he can't get pissed about being down in the AHL. He's he's still earning his spot, and I'm all for it. Blues are rolling. You don't need to call him up right now. Yeah, and I, I and setting an arbitrary timeline on, you know, a date, you know, it, it's that's, I mean, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, like I agree, Jeff. Uh, I, I, and of this team's 
uh, offense and, and defense, puck movement in general. I have never seen a Blues team move the puck with the quickness and creativity that this team has in the first five games of the season ever. I, they're moving the puck more efficiently and better than I've ever seen any Blues team do ever on the whole. You, you know what's yeah, they've crazy? Gone, they've gone through some moments where they uh, would get hemmed in or have some rough patches, whatever. Every team has that. But overall, this team's puck management and the way they move it quickly, because if you're not the fastest team, the puck moves faster than you can skate, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you can if you can play tic-tac-toe with the puck and move it quickly up the ice, you don't have to be a fast skating team. The Blues aren't slow. They're not really, really fast either. But the, that, that if you can move the puck efficiently and quickly – you're a lightning fast team on the ice. With they, all they've, the, been, they've been that. With all the injuries last year, and then with a couple of the additions that they've made, including guy like Clem Costin and Jake Neighbors, um, they're they look like they're in midseason form to me. Like mm-hmm. this is a team that looks like they're playing in January, February, as opposed to every other team who's still like trying to get into the mode of the NHL season. And I mean, I, and I, I know you could take that as a negative, but I take it as a positive that these guys are already gelling. They've already got it figured out. Again, they're going to have rough patches. It's going to happen. But we already know this team is cohesive and they can work together. And they're only going to get better in terms of reading each other. Trust, take it from a guy who, you know, plays on a, a, the same team every session in men's league. Like you begin to learn what your teammates are doing every time you're out there. And it, you only improve with, with reading their body language and reading what they're going to do. And that's what this team's already doing. They already look like a team that that's been playing together for three months. Brian Roberts says, uh, hopefully by that time we've traded Bortuzzo. Actually, and I said this before, I would rather them see them try to move Scandella than Bortuzzo uh, for his for salary cap reasons. When uh, Sunquist comes back, uh, we'll need something done, uh, and that's a, that's a few million dollars you could free up for various reasons. And I think Bortuzzo is a guy. He's a shot blocker. He's a penalty kill guy. I think situationally, Bortuzzo is fine. Um, I think when you factor in salary that uh, each one costs, I think I'd rather see Scandella go if we're going to call up uh, Prunovich f- for permanently, you know, and also okay. maintain Wallman and uh, uh, Mikola. I'd rather see Scandella go. Can we keep Scandella until November 20th at least? Yeah. <laughs> it's like three and a half weeks just so the <laughs> stick goes for a lot of money. <laughs> right. This hypothetical is all about after Thanksgiving into December. Right. Of course. Right. 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 <laughs> Uh, we and on honestly, to to to, you know, I know that uh, Scandella has been kind of a hot topic. I, I again, I I I guess I'm. Oh shit! I just realized this. I was the Sanford apologist. I'm the Scandella apologist. Mm. Oh god, damn it! Well, I think he's been fine. I, uh, Bill, I will agree. I listened to the show last week. Uh, that goal against Arizona, or that Arizona scored against him. Whoa. That was awful. I was like, man, if I'm the coach, Coach Ponder would be benching him for the rest of the period. Uh, I'd be putting Robert Thomas on defense before I'd put him back out there. But with the exception of that goal, again, I think he's been fine. You mentioned Bortuzzo. I think Bortuzzo's been fine. I 
I yeah, think that I, that you know we'll see what happens throughout the season, but right now, man, I'm I'm loving the way that some of these guys are playing. I, I agree with you. I I, I don't think Bart, uh, Scandella has been a problem uh, this season. Um, I I I don't think anybody's been a problem. Uh, I just I think if we're going to make room for Brunovich, uh, I think Scand I'd like to see a Scandella salary leave. That's that's yeah, where I'm yeah. coming from. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, no. And yeah, to, to be fair to him, he has, he has looked as effective as right after we acquired him. Right. And, and he, his job was to try to fill in Bowmeister's skates as much as he could. Um, when we got him and he and Pareko look great together and they're starting to show more of that, uh, at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, to, to Kurt's point, you know, the, the salary's, uh, gonna be, you know, the detractor with him. And, uh, probably the, the reason why if, uh, if anybody, any other teams looking to add veteran defensemen, um, you know, come time for Sunquest to come back, he might be the guy. There was a suggestion yeah, and, in the YouTube and, chat that said, uh, uh, that said, uh, would, would you trade Tarasenko for Mitch Marner? And, Oof. and, uh, I, I think I would, but he makes over 10 million. So yeah. mm-hmm. you would need to free yeah. up some cap space for that. And they would and have to at Scandella's least take salary. Scandella back too. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. would, you'd have to say, okay, you want to make this trade? You guys got to take Scandella's salary. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't see the blues making that trade. I don't see Doug Armstrong making that trade to bring in a $10 million cap hit, um, for, for a guy who hasn't been here and who hasn't won with this team. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Marner, Marner's a great talent. Um, and he's, you know, he, he got paid because of the market that he plays in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the weight of that seems to be crushing them this year. Um, I, I just, I can't see, you know, if in a non-salary cap league, yeah, I'd make that trade every day, but in this league, mm, he he was better. He was the last two seasons. He's been better than a point a game. So he's been really, really good. Uh, point wise, you know, plus 20 on Toronto's team last year in, in that division granted, uh, 67 points, 55 games, uh, plus 21. He was fantastic. Uh, now this season he's a minus four, one point in seven games. <laughs> so based on last year's trend, he should have like eight or nine points right now. But, um, well, and then let's also, uh, consider, um, playoff numbers. Uh, he's only got five goals in 32 games. Uh, he's got 25 points, so he's getting the assists, I guess, but minus one. Now, granted, Toronto has you know, been awful in the playoffs. Oh, she was, was labeled as a, not a playoff guy. Either. And so mm-hmm. was David Perron. Yeah. And Perron turned it on in 2019. So, and O'Reilly uh, was labeled as not a, not a team guy. I just, yeah. So sometimes, that can sometimes, change. Yeah. But I will say that, that just with the stigma of Toronto, it is it's hard to not look at okay, this guy has not really produced when it matters. Uh speaking of Tarasenko, uh and uh so his and uh, that's another thing. He he may very well get traded at some point this season, so that's his salary coming off the books. Who knows what salary is coming back in return for him? If we'll have to free up space or not, who knows? Be great to get a tough stay at home defenseman, that'd be cool. Um, but then you got to worry about his production uh, on offense uh, being replaced if he's having a good season. So, and he's had a good season. So let's talk about 91 real quick. Um, 
two goals in the last game, four points, uh, his points in four straight, three goals in the last three games, he's plus four, getting a lot of shots, 26 shots in five games. And I was thinking, you know, Brendan Shanahan used to get a ton of shots, right? He, he, that was his thing, just shot, 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 shot. Uh, Shanahan led the league in shots in 93-94 with St. Louis with uh, 397 shots on goal. Uh, if And that was an era where offense was still coming at a rapid pace. So Tarasenko's on pace for 426 shots this season. So he's getting a lot of shots in an era where shots aren't as, you know, and offense is not as, as uh, prevalent as it was back then. So his career high is 306 shots. So he's way above his average. So, um, you know, and I think a lot of people were hoping that, you know, based on the team's early success and Tarasenko's looking good, everything should be happy, hunky-dory in the locker room, and everyone's happy. So people were thinking and hoping that Tarasenko would want to stay, right, and not want this trade to happen. But Rutherford reported that, according to his source, he says that, no, Tarasenko is still firm on his his desire to be traded. And I think that really depressed a lot of people with seeing Tarasenko, vintage Tarasenko, this season so far. So does it disappoint you guys that he doesn't want to stay? Or um, I, I'm to some degree, probably. I'm not. Uh, you know what, actually, Bill, you, you go ahead and take this one. Um, so I'm not married to any player staying here. Would I love to see, you know, see it be like the the days of Brian Sutter when a player played the entire career in the same jersey? Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't had an exciting player like this. Come, you know, think back to that first game against the Red Wings coming out of the lockout short or the, uh, yeah, the lockout shortened season. Um, comes in and scores two magnificent goals. And, you know, he'd been the, the touted guy and, you know, he only came to us because he fell so far in the draft because people were afraid we couldn't, you know, they couldn't lure him away from Russia. And he comes here and he wants to play and he gives his all for this team. And he was a huge part of, you know, everything and has been, um, you know, to this point, you know, look, look at the, the contributions he made you know, to in 19, I mean, just go back to game seven against the Bruins that set up Shen for the dagger goal. I mean, it, it's, that's not exactly what you expect from him, but, but hell, I mean, you go back to was it game two, that, that goal that he scored where he didn't give up on the puck after Chara and Rask both did. I mean, he was so good and yeah, you never want to see a guy that's been identified with the team. Uh, you know, for his entire career leave, right? We 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 went through that with Petrangelo. It's going to happen eventually. If and if he wants out, you know, it, I think you don't come out and demand a trade in this day and age without you know knowing that eventually that's going to happen. Now, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be imminent, but I don't know the way he's playing. You know, maybe Armstrong's going to get overpaid at this point. Yeah, I. I, just, I, I oh no, go he's ahead. Got Please two, finish. He's got another season left after this one too, so he could be here for right. this season and next if Armstrong right. wants him. Right, if Armstrong wants him, and you right. know, I, I think, I think right now he's going to let him play up and you know play 
you know, as hot as he is and he's, you know, he'll probably field calls. Um, I think it's going to have to be a hell of a deal. And I think he'll ask for the moon if somebody comes calling for him. Um, but, you know, I don't expect him to be here, um, you know, after this season. I, I, think, I think if he's not moved yeah. during the season, I think it's it's going to be at the draft. Well, he's he's a much more desirable acquisition at the deadline this year or in the offseason with one year left on his contract. Because mm-hmm. if there it does happen to be a shoulder issue or or whatever with him, uh, with his new team, he just has that one year. They're not on the hook for an additional year. So that's that's that makes him a lot more desirable, I would imagine, to teams, especially if he has a good year this year. If he has a good year this year, I don't think that would really worry folks too much. Um, but uh, I think he's much more desirable with just one year left on his contract than two. Uh, and let's just be honest here. A friend of the show, Jeremy Rutherford, he's he's probably lying, right? That's not what <laughs> Tarasenko said. Clearly, he's the villain here. It's all about Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, because some people do actually believe that, but no, not at all. Um, no, I, I, uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit, and it doesn't make me feel one way or the other. And it, Bill, I think you kind of alluded to that. Do, I, I just, I don't hey Jeff, care. Yeah. Do you think play? Do you think fans get too attached to players because, like, certain players because, and they see, and they, if they see somebody leave or get traded, then they just break down and cry. You know what I mean? Um, as speaking from experience, I'll say yes. Uh, yeah. I think I let myself, and granted, this is when I was a kid. I was a teenager. Uh, I let myself get too attached to Chris Pronger. Um, I became a fan, and I will still stand by this. I was more of a fan of Chris Pronger than I was the Blue Note. I was more of a fan of a, a player on the team than I was of the team. Um, so when he I, got I, traded, I, yeah. I was like, I'm rooting for the Edmonton Oilers, then the Anaheim Ducks. Now, granted, I was still rooting for the Blues, but they were awful. That probably didn't help. So it was like, when the Oilers come to town, I'm still going to root for the Blues, but if Chris Pronger scores a goal, I'm going to celebrate like an idiot. And and so it it hurt when he left, and it, it sucked. Uh, but when he won the Cup in 07, I lost my mind. I celebrated probably as much as I celebrated when the Cardinals won the World Series in 06. Uh, it was a huge deal to me. I went out and got all the the, the, the merchandise, the gear. I still have the hat upstairs. Um, it, it was a big deal to me. So I'll say yes. I think we do get way too attached to players. Now I'll say in my wise old years of in my 30s, um, I'm not going to let that happen again. Uh, you know, for example, my favorite player is Jordan Bennington. He leaves tomorrow. I'm going to say, okay, well, I wish him luck, but still a Blues fan. Doesn't matter. I think a lot of people can't say that. See, okay. Uh, Bill and I both know somebody who was the, what you mentioned liking Pronger more than the Blues uh, and liking a player more than the team. We both know somebody who was like that. Your friend, my cousin. Um who was a huge fan of Gretzky and Patrick Waugh. And when they left the league, he really didn't have a rooting interest anymore. Not really. I mean, I think he's a big, I think he's a Montreal fan, you know, uh, generally speaking, uh, but not heavy. 
um, right. at all. So I can't it's, remember uh, when it's more, it's more passive. We've had yeah. a, um, uh, a serious hockey conversation, yeah. right? Uh, right. About current days, right? And so, he and he's not yeah. and he's not really a hockey fan today, and he he uh, he doesn't follow the sport uh, really anymore, and. So and that's interesting to me because he was a big hockey fan, big huge. We played all the time, watched all the time. Uh, but yeah, it was all yeah. it was all about Gretzky and, and Wah. So uh, those were his two teams, and whoever whatever team they played on, except when Gretzky came to St. Louis, he was not right. He was he hated the Blues. So um, <laughs> with a passion, I think that had a lot to do with um, a lot of his friends uh, arrogantly saying that Hull was better than Gretzky, kind of nonsense. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I, I remember. I think I remember those I think conversations. I think that just turned him off. We, too. <laughs> we had a kid in. Uh, I remember the mid '90s before Gretzky joined the Blues. We had a kid move to my school from L.A. and he was a uh, uh, he. His first day, he wore a Kings jersey, and I I still remember just kids being like, "Oh, Gretzky, that guy!" Like on the playground, that guy sucks. Brett Hall's way better, yes. and it's just looking back like. I think we were serious. What the hell were well, we thinking? <laughs> he he said that he had people tell him that uh, Hull is going to break all of Gretzky's records. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you know, right. and him being a Gretzky fan, obviously, well, he he's a he's offended by that. Didn't like it. Yeah. So, and they're Blues fans, so he hates the Blues. Now, I'm not saying that's why he didn't like the Blues, but uh, I think that probably didn't help. It matters. <laughs> no, um, no, I, it definitely had a lot to do with it. I mean, he, he was like the two of you were, you know, were the guys that would go like to Brentwood during uh training camp. Right. And, and hang out and try to yeah. get autographs and that. Yeah. And, and he did uh, go with me to uh, Brentwood blues training camp. Uh, I think he found that interesting, you know, and fun. Yeah. And he, and he actually made friends with Gaber, uh, kind of. And, uh, I think Gaber to this day to him is a cool guy because of, uh, his interaction with him at the training camp that year. So that was, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it was, where are we at in the lineup? Okay. Uh, it was announced yesterday that Ryan O'Reilly is now on in the COVID protocol. Um, speculation from Randy Carricker that uh, he was on the radio uh, this morning, I think, is that he is a, he is symptomatic because he is going to be, they said at least out 10 days. So uh, I was told that, um, I was told also that he was hugging teammates after the game on Monday. So uh, we'll see if anything comes of that with uh, more players being on the list. Which, listen, I'm, we, we say at the top of the show, fully vaccinated because we are, and we all believe that everyone should get the vaccine. Um, and, uh, but it's just funny because I, I do agree with people who maybe share the opposite side of my views that, well, right. If you're going to have these protocols, Ryan O'Reilly, the night before he tested positive, was out skating with 36 other guys. Yeah. Like, well, should tested. all of them be on COVID protocol? How does that well, work? They're, well, they're tested. They're tested all the time. The players are. That's why. I mean, if they come up positive, then they'll be on the list. I mean, it's still just weird to me. It's it's a very. I, Again, I'm not arguing it. I, I get why they have to do it. It's just, it's so weird that it's so easy to spread, yet he was out there hugging teammates. He was, you know, well, grinding yeah. against guys on the boards. How are those guys not testing positive too? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you exactly, <laughs> you know, the ins and outs of, of, of why you're, someone may You're an intelligent somebody. man. You're just not intelligent in that way. 
Well, <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, some guys, some people get it, some, some people don't, you know, I mean, it's some people's uh, resistance to it are higher than others. And some, the vaccine's going to help them fight it off. And some it's not, I just, you know, I just, it is what it is. And you, they, they're tested what three times a week or something like that. So, uh, we'll find out, I guess, in a, in a few days, probably if anybody else uh, has it. So that's, I'm kind of concerning. Um, so with uh, Saad and Riley, both top six guys out of the lineup for a bit, the Lions should be interesting uh, for tomorrow's game, uh, Thursday. If you listen to the podcast tomorrow, it will be tonight's game. Um, and if Lions you're listening pra- on Friday, it will be last night's game. Right. <laughs> uh, and if you're listening on Why Saturday. Why the hell did we know the outcome? Yeah, right. <laughs> Why aren't you talking about that game? Uh so lines today, uh, Wednesday in practice were uh, a little. I mean, a little surprised at a couple of these, but uh, we saw Costin, Shen, and Perron on the top line. Kairu, Bozak, Brzezhnevich, second line. Barbashev, Thomas, Tarasenko, third. Neighbors, Joshua, and then Neil Clifford uh, on the on the fourth. And I think they Christmas. actually put them in the same jersey and just had them skate yeah. together. Right, like a Siamese yeah. twins. Which. <laughs> As soon as that fell out of my mouth, Siamese twins sounds culturally insensitive, does it not? Is that, that that's that, that's not a is that a term people still use? If it's not, I'm sorry, I it, apologize. <laughs> it is, but I think the preferred nomenclature, dude, is conjoined twins. Conjoined, yes, I think you're right. Yes, Siamese twins is probably I uh, actually never quite offensive. Thought of that. Holy it's probably quite shit. offensive. Yeah. Huh. No wonder they removed like, that song in uh, uh, Lady and the Tramp. We are Siamese? <laughs> oh, yes, well, Siamese probably because, yeah, it's <laughs> probably because of the eyes on the cats and everything. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, that's, it, yeah, kind of, kind of racial, racial imagery is there. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't need that anymore. So, so real quick, let's, I, I want to go mm. ahead and comment on the forward lines. First of all, Steve Bushnevich. On that second line, I love to see. <laughs> Sorry, had to throw that in there. He was um, he was so great, Mister Deeds. <laughs> he was on Mass Singer uh, recently, and uh, he. I've he never said, watched that show. Yeah, my wife never. is obsessed. Never watched, and it. Never so watched I watch it. it with her. It's on Wednesday nights, right before we do there's, the show. That's kind of too our many routine. of those shows. I just can't. Yeah. So we, uh, but anyway, he, he came out and said, uh, uh, Hey America, just remember you can do it. And I was like, <laughs> nice. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so, um, I, I love Costin getting a shot on that top line with Shannon Perron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's something that really excited me when I saw these lines. Yeah, I agree. I don't hate that at all. Um, love to see what we can do there. Um, hopefully he actually sticks with that line for most of the game. Then get yeah. switched up. Um, a little, little surprised neighbors didn't get that spot, to be honest. Um, there were rumors coming out of camp that he might see time on the top line this season. And I thought, oh, it's a good opportunity for that. Uh, but not not as of yet, anyway. Uh, I'm sure Could, you may see that. I think yeah. that that's the first change you'll see if things aren't Maybe. working in the first period. Sure. I think you see neighbors and Costin make I, a switch. I think that might be it's an easy switch. Put Costin on the fourth line, maybe. Yeah. Even though yep. neighbors has looked good on the fourth line. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and honestly, that the only switch there is Shen for O'Reilly because Costin's been playing with Perron and O'Reilly the last yeah. couple of games. So, um, the the one that kind of raised my eyebrows here was Bozak on the second line, but 
Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that makes sense because you're not right now, you're not going to break up the Thomas Tarasenko and Barbashev line. That's because been God a good damn, line. Fucking phenomenal. Why not, why not make Thomas Barbashev Tarasenko the second line? Well, it doesn't <laughs> I don't, I think this, I think this is just a matter of where you, where you, uh, you know, put the order in, right? The, okay. the blues. Yeah. I think you know, w- there's no first line. There's no second line. Yeah. There's, I think there's only truly a fourth line on this team. I think they roll right. a top nine and yeah. they just no, say, I, these are our scoring lines. And when healthy, right. they're rolling a top, they're rolling all four. Cause I mean, yeah. Sunquist hadn't even played yet and he's an important member of this team. Yeah. Um, right. So that's so who, I, which, which was the coach that said, we don't have one, two, three, four. We have red, gray, blue, yellow lines. Was that, <laughs> I don't know. Who said that? Was that Andy Murray or was that Hitch? Oh. But that kind of feels like what they're doing. So it's probably a hitch okay. thing. All right. Yeah. I think that was what Brett Hall now. was coaching. That one game? Yeah. That one game, yeah. Uh, that would be, this is the Bud Light line, this is the Jack Daniels line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joshua will uh, we'll get the start for the first time this season on the fourth line, apparently, according to these lines, uh, which is typically what they go with. Um and the day before the game. And but we'll probably know a little more if, if the lines are tweaked in the morning tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning's practice lines will probably be what you see in the game. Um, Scandella on defense, we got Scandella, Pareko, Craig, uh, Krug, Falk, and then Walman, Bertuzzo, and then Mikola. So no changes there. Um, Which, you know, it, again, you don't want to see changes because they're winning. But, man, I want to see Mikola. I really want to see I him make it into a game. And I think, I too. I think first loss, you're going to see Ooh. a change there. Do you know who, who what would be a, a tall, big? I mean, Preko and Mikola. Those are two towers. We, I, we talked about this. I had a hockey teammate yeah. bring that up to me in like July, and I'm like, "That's interesting. I think I would mm-hmm. like to see that." Twin towers. You can't. Can you say that nowadays? I guess you can. It's been it's been long enough. Twin oh, towers. Stop trying to cancel yourself, Kurt. Twenty. It's been twenty yeah, years. It's, it's it's fine. Um, the two towers. Not Twin Towers, the Two Towers. Lord of the Rings. Tower, do you remember York. who the Tower of Power was in oh, terms of who? Blues defense? The Tower of Power. That was a line that they tried to make big for a while, and it just never really worked. We Gaston don't need to We don't need to. <laughs> wow, what a name to pull out. No, uh, Chris Pronger and Todd Reardon. Oh, yeah. Oh, Reardon was a big boy. He was six seven, I think. He was a very big boy. Bald now, missing link thing going on. A little chubby, <laughs> yeah. A little chubby. Yeah, he's got that patch of hair, I think, on top of his head. Yep. Alan Looks missing like link. Uh, Dilbert. Didn't Dilbert have that? He might. Hey, do you remember Missing Link from old wrestling days? Back oh, when wrestling yeah. was good. Oh yeah. Yep. Back when wrestling was actually good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that show, no, we're not the show. I wouldn't do that. Uh, that's not our game. Um, I think I'd like to see Thomas get some serious time with Cairo at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. I think that putting them on the same line, and you'll see it sooner or later, but I think putting them on the same line, they have the potential to be the most dynamic duo that we've had on a this team in a while. I think, you know, uh, uh, better than O'Reilly Perron, just with the, the speed and the skill. Uh, I think that would be fantastic. Man, we have got 
well, it's our comment of the show. I don't think anyone's going to top it. Uh, Brian Roberts laying some knowledge on us. Famous conjoined twins from the 1800s were from Thailand, but it was called Siam at the time. So that's how we got Siamese twins. Huh. Damn. That is actually very interesting. Thank you for that, Brian. Yeah. Still racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it, it definitely feels racist. <laughs> it wasn't racist before but now that i know yes it's racist <laughs> so should we should we should we call it thai thailand twins instead that's probably thai, more racist thai, thailand twins thai twins no it's still, twins. It's, still same thing. it's still it's still racist you can call it Canadian twins it's racist there you go um so um yeah, uh, I with you know five and zero oh, with the issues we've had. Uh, it'll be uh, like let's get Sunquist, O'Reilly, and Sod back, and uh, I mean as good as the team has been, we'll be even better. So, uh, power so, play lines. Uh, real quick, I, I just want to say uh, I was talking to my wife. I told her yesterday about how you know it sucks that O'Reilly's out, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay. They're five and zero." Oh. I go, obviously in jest. I just go, "Jess, this is a huge deal. They're they're." Five and zero right now. They're going for eighty two and zero. They need <laughs> they need their captain in there, you know. And I feel like that, even though I said that in jest, there's uh, there's probably people who actually feel that way, right? You know, that's funny because every single fucking season, doesn't matter what sport it is, if somebody scores a goal in the first a hat trick in the first game. He's on pace for 240 some odd goals. He's like, shut up every time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, he's on pace for this. He's on pace for that. I'm like, after one game, like, come on, knock it. That that was funny the first time someone said that 45 years ago. But uh, let's come on. When it was posted in the paper the next day. It's every sport, every team, every time somebody has a good first game of the season. Oh, he's on pace for this. (laughs) That's not funny. That's not funny anymore. You're so clever. It's not. It's not funny. It's like that. That joke. That joke has been used ungodly amount of times. Anyway, uh, power play lines uh, in practice: uh, Neil, Perron, Shen, Tarasenko, Krug, Bushnevich, Kairu, Barbashev, Thomas, Falk. So those are the two. I don't. Uh, you know, Neil on the top line. Okay. Um, in front of the net, I think that's where he belongs. Yeah, so it's not a yeah, bad call. And, yeah, no, I I get it. Honestly, uh, I'd like to see Costin in that spot, but I'm not the coach. Uh, I will always say Craig Berube. I will defer to Craig Berube no, I, and say he knows way more than I do. Yeah, I I I think maybe at some point, but yeah. Um, well, I think we've got uh, some stuff to talk about. I'd like to talk about the Blackhawk stuff. Um, some we've got a little breakdown here. Uh, for that. Uh, but before we do that, let's hear from our friends at Center Ice Brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. 
Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. I just want to say real quick that going into break, I was going to, I, it was a weird emphasis on that last syllable um, <laughs> because I was, I, as I was talking, I was trying to remember Adam's handle and I didn't see it and I couldn't remember it. And I just didn't say anything because <laughs> I was in, I was in reference to Adam. I, I felt I like anything. that was a very, like I kept like, I had my <laughs> hand on the trigger and I'm like, Kirk clearly has something else to say. <laughs> I was going to. And then you didn't say anything, so I'm like, oh, I'm just yeah. going to start the commercial. No, I, I was like, what was his handle? I couldn't remember something, and I and I couldn't recall what it was, and then I just didn't say anything. And then <laughs> okay. I'm glad you went forward with it eventually, but yeah. Uh, so I just want to reference, uh, like you said, Adam's handle over there in, uh, in um, the YouTube chat. Uh, he... Uh, I, can't, I can't find. Okay, so let me just. There is a. There's some. There's a couple references here that after we were talking about the hoodie. Um, oh, here he goes. He says we have gray crewnecks now, as well as a dark gray zip up hoodie. So uh, that's probably cool. If it's dark gray, I imagine it's probably the black logo, right? I would imagine. Uh, that would be my guess. If not, maybe blue. But very cool. I'll stop in next time I go in. I'm sure I'll drink too much, and I'll be like. I'm going to buy that one too. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, That's but, exactly um, what happened with what you've got on now. Exactly. That's going to be their I, slogan over the door. Drink too much and buy a hoodie. Yep, exactly. There you go. That's uh, made famous by Jeff Ponder of let's go blues radio. <laughs> um, but uh, Brian Roberts in the, in there said, uh, wish I could get center ice on the West side of the state. He's in uh, the Kansas city area. Barely get any St. Louis beers out here in the sticks. Only been Urban Chestnut once. Uh, hmm. Schlafly is most common. And then Adam responded, we are expanding. Look for us in Kansas City, Springfield, and more places soon. John Burrito asks, uh, which, by the way, John Burrito, that is a fun little John name Burrito, to say. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, he says, uh, Branson, question mark. And he says, I'm sure it'll be there soon. We partnered with PowerPlay Beverage, a distribution company in Missouri, to ship our beers all across the state, which you guys actually mentioned last week. So that's uh, that's see, I listen when I'm not on the show. Uh, yeah, that's that. And that's awesome. And Reed Lowe is a great dude. He's a part of that. And uh, very excited to see how far we can get Center Ice Brewery to stretch into the state. Um, Aaron Enchilada says that uh, I'm going to be checking out Center Ice after I go to my first game next month. Not Aaron Enchilada. It's uh, Matt Harris. I was playing off the air. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, wait a minute, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a Mexican food joke. It sure was racist somehow. I don't know. But uh, um, Brian Roberts yeah, Brian is Roberts. actually up more near St. Joe than KC. So okay. St. Joe's, the- Joe's more north right north you guys don't know you're an illinois people mm. i think they're more bill no, northwest. No, no, no. you don't understand who you got in the middle here bill knows every place in the you know in the, in the uh tri-state area i, I don't know what thursday does but I you, you want to know you want to know what's crazy <laughs> to me? real real quick my dad was a regional um uh jobber engineer for amico oil so like i I'm not I'm not making this up. Like I would call him 
and I'd be on my way to like Omaha or whatever for whatever stupid reason I was traveling in my early 20s. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're out at, uh, you know, we're, we're real close to Mound City. And he would go, oh, so you're near exit 73, you know? And, like, I'd be like, how the hell do you know that? And, like, he knew all the exit numbers for every highway in the state of Missouri. It was so fucking weird. We don't call Bill Johnny MapQuest for, for nothing. He does that kind of stuff. Yeah. Didn't Jeff used to call yeah. you all the time, ask for directions? And he's like, oh, yeah, go yeah. here, here, here. You're there. Yeah, no, he used to refer to me as Bill Star. When, Bill Star. When OnStar yeah. was new, right? Yeah. No, that uh, <clears throat> that was that was something I got from my dad, too. I mean, my, my dad just used to drive us all over God's creation because we didn't have a whole lot else to do. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a pretty impeccable sense of direction. I, uh, my, my most favorite thing about that was uh, when uh, I had been to Boston one time in my life. Um, I was going to school up in the Northeast, and uh, my parents uh, were there um, dropping me off. And I said, oh, I, I think I can get us through Boston, no problem. And I managed it pretty damn well, I think. <laughs> Although we did think, see, you know, a bug getting the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of drug guys, but you know, that's I think that I, happens on every other street corner in that city. Oh, I'm you sure know, I, he had it coming. I, I think there's probably only so much uh, sense of direction to go around. Uh, that's why you have a lot and I have none. Mm, that, that very well could be true. You yeah, know what? I I thought I did, and then I met my wife, and we went on trips together, and. I'd be like, I think we got to go here and here. And she'd be like, no, no, you're wrong. And I'd be like, no, you're wrong. And then we'd go my way. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. She was right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I guess I really have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Next up for the Blues, uh, Thursday nights versus Colorado in St. Louis. Colorado is two and four and oh, uh, and, and in uh, or is it two, three, two, four, let's say three, four, and oh, they won tonight in overtime. Two, right? four, six, eight. Yeah, they were two and four when I wrote this, but then three and four, they won tonight, right? Um, well, they before this show, they were two and four in sixth place in the division, uh, 13th place no. in the conference. They didn't play tonight, <clears throat> they didn't. Okay, who am I thinking of? Yeah, oh, Vegas, Dallas. I'm thinking Vegas. Vegas, so yeah. yeah. Colorado is two yeah. and four, uh, sixth place in the division, thirteenth place in the conference. Yeah, I was thinking of Vegas. Uh, they lost at home to Vegas on Tuesday night, three to one. Uh, no O'Reilly, no Sod, no Sunquist for the Blues uh, tomorrow. McKinnon should be in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, he is a minus six so far this season and was minus five his first full game back versus Washington. I think it's his uh, diet. Probably. Yeah, he's too healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Landis Gog will also be back. I was going to say, throw some more McDonald's in there, Nathan. <laughs> uh, so there should be, they should have a full roster. They should, right? Landis right. Gog McKinnon McKinnon back. Yeah, Their third pairing is turn. Eric and Jack Johnson. Yeah. So this would be crazy. an interesting test. The, uh, the uh, you know, COVID blues versus the full strength Colorado avalanche in St. Louis. Yeah. Good test for them because they haven't had a good start to the season. So we'll we'll see what they what they bring. Yeah, like like I was saying, it, it's kind of the you know the the polar opposite of uh, you know when we went there, McKinnon's out with COVID and Landis Cog suspended, mm-hmm. um, and now we're we're without two of our top six ourselves, and yeah, it's it's going to be a test, and uh, 
it's uh i don't think uh too many people are going to be completely upset if uh you know if, if we lose tomorrow just hope it's not a um shellacking like that second game of the season last year are you kidding me man they're going for 82 and 0 hmm. i'll be fucking yeah, furious who, if they lose who was it that said 82 and 0 or fire Baruby? somebody matt harris said that in the chat <laughs> that's pretty good Bring back uh, Mike Yo. All right. So uh Brad Aldrich and the Chicago Blackhawks. This has been big huge news amongst the hockey community past few days, uh, especially today. Uh Brad Aldrich, uh if you're not aware of the, if you're not aware of the news, this it's a huge deal. Became public months ago. And I'll just read this kind of verbatim and you guys jump in, comment on whatever you want, okay? Um, a lot of this is going to talk from the uh, report, some excerpts from the report, and from some articles that were written up. Um, so just chime in whenever you. So uh, it became public months ago that Brad Aldrich, former video coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, was accused of sexually assaulting one of the Blackhawk black, black aces during their Stanley Cup run in 2020. The Blackhawks had. To, I'm sorry, 2010. The Blackhawks had an independent uh, firm investigate this, and their findings were released today. Uh, not long after the report came out today, Kyle Beach came forward as the player whom Aldrich was accused of sexually assaulting. Uh, uh, TSN interviewed him today, and that interview is uh, extremely emotional and disturbing. It's about a half an hour long. Um, yeah, if you have yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll add in real quick that um... – I watched this and I instantly dropped the link in our little group chat we have. And I, I mean, I even said, I think 10 minutes in, I told you guys don't watch this, read the notes. It is way too hard to watch. It's like, it's like, it's like two girls, one cup here. Here's the, don't watch it. Read the transcript. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very weird comparison, but, but you're right in a way. Yes, for sure. It's too, it's disturbing. It's, it's very disturbing. And there were certain parts that I had to pause because I just, I I was like, I need to get up. And I mean, I, I was in the middle of a work assignment. I, something I wanted to get done by the end of the day when this dropped. And I was like, I'll just listen and, and finish what I'm doing. That didn't happen. Uh, there was no way I could focus. It was it was too compelling. And like I said, I had to keep pausing. And literally, like, I was sitting right here, uh, if you're watching. I had to keep getting up and pacing my basement. It was too hard to listen to all at once. About 17 minutes in, he starts. it, it starts to get really rough, where he starts to uh, talk about um, the other assaults that happened after the fact after yeah what what would you body. say to those victims right. kind of thing yeah and, and, and it's hearing like, his response i yeah and you know what i i, I hate to be a uh, somebody who um is a spoiler but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it now because like i said i think a lot of people might not make it to that point it's so hard to listen to mm-hmm. he basically blames himself and says he wishes he would have stepped up sooner and done something different uh, and then he maybe would have been able to prevent those. That is victim's guilt right there. And that is what's so hard to hear that he blames himself for other people going through what he went through. It, so I, I just, when you hear that, you just want to hug the guy and say, yeah, dude, well, 
it and, don't blame yourself. You didn't do anything wrong. And anybody who is questioning the authenticity of of him uh, and what he's saying, um, just watch it. I mean, that you can't fake that. I mean, that's. I mean, first off, why in the hell would you ever? And two, I mean, you just you can't. It just anyway. Uh, so the timeline for this is, according to the report. Uh, which was conducted by the law firm of Jenner and Block, a contingent, a contingent of the Blackhawks Senior Leadership Trust met on May 23rd, 2010, to discuss the accusations that Brad Aldrich had sexually assaulted a Blackhawks player prior to the team's Western Conference final game against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, excerpts from the report are, uh, quote, John Doe stated, among other details, that on one occasion during the second week of May 2010, Aldrich invited him to his apartment, provided him with dinner and drinks, told him he had the power to get John Doe onto the Blackhawks roster, and then turned on pornography. Which, um, I mean, if, if that happens to you, you're in for... Well, and, and that yeah. was the first... And, and listen, I, I don't want to get into the grim details. Did you guys actually read the report? No, I, I read... I read, I read, I read the actual full report that that both Aldrich and Beach gave. And I read it this morning. I'm sitting there trying. My son's sitting there watching Mickey Mouse, getting ready for the bus. And I'm sitting here reading this report, flipping through on my phone. And I'm literally, I mean, literally, I just ate breakfast. I am getting sick to my stomach reading this. I mean, one of the things he said was he, he was, he told him, he invited him over to come watch hockey, watch game tape. You know, uh, I'm going to hook, I'm going to cook you a nice home cooked meal because you're living in a hotel right now. And he invites him over and he flips on porn and he goes, Oh, now you can see what I was watching last night. Ha ha. And then like flips it off. And then he's like, he just keeps flipping back to it. It keeps flipping back. And all in, in this, this player, Kyle beach says, you know, I I'm getting very uncomfortable here, you know, like stop this. And it just clearly obviously goes on from there. And it's, Oh God, it's so hard to read. So it got to a point where there was an altercation. John Doe recalled that after, well, it was Kyle Beach. John Doe was Kyle Beach. Uh, he came forward today. So uh, re- recall, he recalled that after he punched Aldrich, Aldrich stood up, grabbed a souvenir Cubs miniature baseball bat that was either that was on either on the shelf or the window, and t- and told John Doe that John Doe was not going anywhere. Uh, uh, he recalled that he was sitting up at this point and froze. Uh, Beach recalled that uh, Aldrich said the words to the effect of, if you don't lie down and act like you enjoy it, I'll make sure you never play in the NHL or walk again. Yeah. And, and he, um, again, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the grim details, but he performed sexual acts on John Doe. Let's just call him. Um, and then basically, uh, did the same, uh, uh, did something similar to him. And I, again, I, I read this and we're going to get into this guys. I, I know, but um, when Kyle beach comes forward and tells other people, you know, he went into the grim details, right? He had to go to these people and tell them exactly what happened. How can you turn your back on what he 
told you. How can you just ignore this? That's it's. I mean, it's infuriating. That's infuriating. It's it's frustrating. It's confusing. Because I just, how can you let this happen and not do well, anything that's, about it? And that's and that's the question that that everyone's asking. And they have and they gave a reason. You know, so and in this meeting with the higher ups uh, with Lockhawks, in the meeting were Bowman, uh, uh, McIsaac, um, President and CEO John McDonough, and Coach Joel Quinville, who Blues fans are very familiar with, Assistant GM Kevin Sheveldayoff, and Executive Vice President Jay Blunk. So they were all in this meeting of when the accusations were discussed and revealed to them. And Quinville and Sheveldayoff are the only members of that group to still hold senior positions with initial teams following Bowman's resignation today. Uh, Quinville is currently a coach of the Florida Panthers, and Sheveldayoff is GM of the Winnipeg Jets. So all three, all three of those guys had publicly denied having knowledge of these accusations at the time. So first off, they're all caught lying about it, which is which is awful in itself. But um, in a, an official statement issued on July 13th, 2021, Quinville stated, uh, the allegations in this lawsuit are clearly serious. I first learned of these allegations through the media earlier this summer. That's a lie. Um, also, in an official statement issued on July 22nd, 2021 by Shovel Dayoffs, he said, I had no knowledge of any allegations involving Mr. Aldrich until asked if I was aware of anything just prior to that conclusion of his employment with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that is also a lie. Um, according to the report, when Quinville was made aware of the allegations, his response was that the team had worked hard to get this far in the postseason and that they could not handle this right now, which, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words with all this because this is a fucking video coach. This is not... Uh, this is not your top line center. Not that that would make it okay. No, but I, this is a, this is a nothing right. person that nobody gives a shit about in the public. Nobody nobody knows these guys' names. They don't they don't pay attention. They don't know. They don't they don't care. So if they this is what probably should have happened when these allegations came forth, they should have suspended him, Aldrich, indefinitely. Uh, reported this to the police, and and let them do an investigation or, and, or, and do an investigation of their own. Um, and then, and then hire a new video coach, promote somebody and fucking move on with the playoffs. And then, and then, so, and then Aldrich is being taken care of by the proper people. How well, hard would that have been? And that wouldn't have been a distraction. Why would that have been a fucking distraction to do that? I don't get this at all. It makes no right. sense. Here's, here's the right. least you yeah. could do. The very least is, you suspend Aldrich, say, we don't want you around the team. We're not firing you. We just don't want you around for the playoff run. You hand the uh, the, the video coach duties over to one of your co current coaches on the staff, and you don't say anything to the players. You don't tell anyone. You just say, hey, uh, Aldrich, he's got some things going on. He's going to be away from the team. We're, you know, Yeah, it's going to raise some eyebrows and make people question what's going on. But at the yeah, least, it's not, you're, it's getting, not you're getting rid of the problem. You're continuing on with your playoff run. And at the end of the season, you announce Aldrich is no longer a member of the staff. And you move on from it. But 
clearly there's going to be things we'll talk about, I'm sure, with the letter of recommendation, which made it even worse. But at the very least, you've removed the problem right when it happened, and they didn't do any of that. What are you going to say, Bill? I was going to say, yeah, you could take steps there um, to um, you know, take that immediate step of removing him from the organization, whether it's, you know, a, a you know, leave of absence, forced leave of absence. And you figure out a way, you know, you come up with a strategy to figure figure out a way to insulate the players from it, um, play down any rumors, um, you know, it. it, it probably you know it, it it sounds like it was it was well known that this guy was was you know had a proclivity for for doing these kinds of things he wasn't the you know Kyle Beach wasn't the only um person uh, that he made advances towards so it it probably would have raised eyebrows but you know when you hear the stories about the the on ice conduct of people you know, chasing other guys around the ice, you know, making fun of them about getting a BJ from, from this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you have to think that there's deeper organizational knowledge uh, of what was going on to begin with. Um, Brent Sopel, Brent Sopel and, said the entire team knew. The entire uh, it wasn't team just knew. him. It was Brent Sopel and. Um, yeah, right. No, one more guy. One more player. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah they both said yeah. that, that the whole team knew. Right, and and when I heard the the story about some some veteran player chasing uh, the one not not Beach but the other black ace around the ice making fun of him, I thought I thought immediately that's got to be Dan Carcillo, and uh, well, Carcillo <laughs> was out there on Twitter today saying this is a disgrace. So well, yeah, that I, was a few maybe, years later. Maybe I'm wrong wasn't, about him. Wasn't that yeah. accusation like in 13 or 14? Someone was chasing him was on the rink. Uh, mm, I thought it was. Uh, I, I, it I could be been. wrong, but. Yeah. But but yeah, you you find a way to insulate the players from it and remove them from the situation. But they didn't do that, and then they rewarded the guy. They they allowed yes. him to get his name on the cup. They allowed him to participate in the celebrations. You know that 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 to me says when, that they thought they had it under control, right? That Nick there were Boynton. never going to be any repercussions. Nick Boynton. Yeah. It was Nick Boynton. Yeah. So no, and 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 and, and that's that's the thing that. <laughs> makes me lose my mind what bill just said is 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 the fact that they allowed they basically were like here's your name on the cup and well, before we get we're going to help you get your next job you're right, you're right i'm sorry kurt before Go we ahead. get to ahead let, let's let's continue with this yeah. so uh additionally the report states that the blackhawks director of human resources at the time revealed the mcdonough uh, then president and ceo of the blackhawks told her that the group that met on may 23rd concluded that they would not alert human resources or outside legal counsel so as not to disturb team chemistry. Uh, the Blackhawks went on to win the Stanley Cup that year, and Aldrich got his name engraved on the cup, which is just awful. Uh, on June 16, 2010, days after the Blackhawks Stanley Cup victory, the organization's head of human resources and outside counsel for the team met with Aldrich to inform him of the allegations made against him. Aldrich was presented with two options, to resign or take a leave of absence while the organization launched a full internal investigation, which they never did. Um, Aldrich well, he chose, chose to, re- to resign. Well, right, but Aldrich chose. Yeah, Aldrich chose to resign. Uh, therefore, signing a separation agreement, he was paid twenty thousand dollars in severance, along with a fifteen thousand dollar playoff bonus. So he got thirty five grand. Uh, thirty five grand the- to rape someone. Yeah. 
as outlined by the separation agreement, Aldrich was thereby prohibited, and this is key here, I think, prohibited from making any contact with Blackhawks players, employees, or personnel. Yet, as it evidenced in photos and multiple witness statements, Aldrich continued to participate in the Blackhawks Stanley Cup celebrations, including being present at the parade, which put him in close proximity to Kyle Beach. Uh, so, and, 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 and let's add, too, that, uh, again, and again, I know we're going to talk about the letter of recommendation, but it wasn't just get out, okay, we're going to still party with you, even though is which is fucking terrible in its own right. We're going to let you be around the person who made these allegations, and we're going to let you be around other young players, other impressionable young players as well. We're going to let you go work with high schoolers. We're gonna we're gonna light, write a letter a letter of recommendation saying that you are a reputable person who can go work with high school kids who abused his power to tell a young prospect, "I am what will get you into the NHL." Oh yeah, he's not gonna abuse that power with a bunch of fucking high school kids. Right, ridiculous. And that's exactly what he goes and does. And that, to me, you know, that, that I, I would, you know, in my, my profession, I've, I've had to sit through lots of panels of, uh, you know, attorneys talking about uh, yeah, different legal, um, you know, ramifications for, for certain case law. And that, that is one, one topic that I would love to hear is a, you know, an attorney go on a long ramble about the um the the potential exposure that the Blackhawks have for for doing that and and you know what 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 protections they might have and and what uh you know potential legal exposure and liability that they would face for giving a sexual predator a letter of recommendation to get the hell out of their organization um and and I think a, that that's the kind of thing that will make this a a moment of reckoning that the NHL can't continue to be this old boys network that it, it's always operated as, right? It's the it's a different world these days. The the letter that now there's some question and uh, people are using the the term letter of recommendation. I, there wasn't a letter of recommendation. It was a it was Quinville's evaluation of when oh, that's he cool. yeah. Was, yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And I mean, not there's not a whole lot of difference there, but he gives him a pretty glowing review. Uh, and this is after he had resigned. So after Quinville knew all about the allegations against him. So it, it doesn't really matter if it was a letter of recommendation or a, an evaluation. You know, if, if Aldrich had access to that to then show future employers, you know, I, I don't know if he did or not, but that's the, the uh, Frank Saravalli Sar uh, tweeted out the, uh, the, the evaluation by Quinville, which is sickening to read, actually. Mm. Uh, in uh, in that same meeting uh, with uh, with uh, uh, with the Blackhawks head of human resources, Aldrich then asked if he could still have his day with the cup. That was that request was granted by the HR head, and Aldrich was allowed to take the Stanley Cup to his hometown uh, in Michigan. Uh, two team employees were assigned to accompany Aldrich on his day with the cup. One of them had previously alleged that Aldrich had come on to him outside of his apartment complex before grabbing his crotch. Uh, according to the report, multiple team employees were aware of these allegations. 
So the 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 shit. So there's just... there's strikes. What four, five, six, and seven? I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. This is <laughs> just for the, the Hawks. Fuck. What just the for the fuck? Hawks, right? I know. Yeah. So despite the stipulations of his separation agreement, Aldrich still attended the Blackhawks banner raising ceremony on October 9th, two thousand ten. Following the game, Aldrich was then handed his Stanley Cup ring personally by McIsaac, clearly violating the agreement. So what this report does is paint a horrifying picture of cover-ups and indifference by the Black House organization when presented with multiple instances of corroborated sexual assault accusations against by their own employee. So I it did. So Stan Bowman is out as general manager and president of Hockey Operations uh, with Chicago. Uh, McIsaac is out as VP of Hockey Operations. The NHL has announced that they have fined the Blackhawks $2 million for its inadequate procedures and mishandling, which is a fucking joke. Yeah, it's, Teams it's get fined more to, for – what, Arizona got to, fined $3 million? Was it $3 million for what they get fined for for their, uh, their tampering? Well, it, I, yeah. the thing I was going to reference was the the uh, it's better it's worse to to circumvent the cap, the made up right. fucking cap. I mean, we we sit here and talk mm. about the cap here as NHL fans. It's a made up fucking number. It doesn't matter, and it and teams have circumvented it, and and they get fined more than sexual assault. And two, and, two and million, cover-ups, covering two up million, the sexual assault. Two million is two a little over two percent of the salary cap for the Hawks this year. 2%. Right. right. That's nothing. What? Right. That's and you're just talking salary cap. Yeah. What about their total revenues? Right. That, total that, revenues. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. Right. Right. Worth of the, and, worth and the organization. I, billion dollars. You know, the fine, the fine is, you know, based on them, um, you know, not, not having adequate controls and that it, it sounds like a regulatory, um, slap on the wrist, if if anything, and and to me, it's you know it, it, it's a bad message from from Gary Bettman in the NHL not to hit them with a much harder sanction, you know, to to say they, you guys just lost your next ten first round draft picks because of this, you know, you actually hit them and and make it count, right? But but they won't do that because they the, the Blackhawks are too important. To, what about to the NHL's overall revenue plan? What about the and again, I'm I'm I know that I'm just finding things to compare it to, and and I'm bitching as a Blues fan, but like the Scott Stevens thing, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. even in the '90s, they were punished way harder than the Blackhawks are here. I oh, mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. This is for talking the, to a player. This for is talking one of to a the, player for talking posted. to a player, not yeah. tr- not coming on his back. Sorry, that's oh. a little too graphic. But Jesus fucking Christ, you've got to be kidding me! You gotta, you've got to take a bigger stance than this. This is ridiculous. What uh, what makes this even more sickening, uh, if it's not sickening enough already, is that the Blackhawks' failure to act with this um, allowed Aldrich to freely go to work wherever without anybody knowing of the allegations against him within the Blackhawks organization and work at a high school where he sexually assaulted a 16 year old kid. Uh, and the, and he went on to work at the university of Miami, Ohio, where he sexually assaulted a hockey player there. 
Um, and there's a number of allegations against him, 2013, 14, uh, 17, 18. There's a bunch of them. Um, and who, who knows how many didn't get reported? Because you know most don't get reported. I mean, if you, if you believe the, the reports and the stats and stuff. So, I mean, that's what's sickening to me is that some of these kids, you get, you get one life to live in this world. And to have some fucker come along and met and quite possibly mess you up in the head by sexually assaulting you when you're 16 years old, it could ruin your life. You get one life in this world and he comes along unchecked and, and fucks it up for his, him and his family and everything. It's just, and, and the Blackhawks could have, they could have stopped all that if they had just done what they were supposed done the right thing and done what they were supposed to, probably legally obligated to do if you want to press the matter. I mean, that was a fucking crime. How is Joel Quinville and the others in that meeting not complicit in covering up a crime? How is that, that not? Fucker, how, that fucker coached a game tonight. I know. He, and I, he won. He, he got another win in his right. fucking win column. He should be fired. He should he should be suspended. If he's uh, not fired tomorrow after his meeting with Batman, I don't see, I've lost all faith. This is the way you do it. Well, you suspend him. You investigate it just just to go through them, uh, take the cross the t's, dot the i's, and then you fire him. That that's what you do, and you have to. But have that's to. that's obviously not going to happen. I mean, what you know before the game tonight, they announced that he's not going to be available for questioning after the game. It's going to be um, Bill Zito, um, yeah. he, who's going to take the questions, and and there will be no public comment about this until after his meeting with Batman tomorrow. And which what's Batman going to do? Right? I mean, he, he's not that that stance is fine. You lose your job. That stance is fine. No, no comment until after the meeting with Batman. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't like that he coached tonight. I think he should have no. been suspended. They no, uh, and I yeah. think the, I honestly think the Panthers should have stepped up and said, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna tell Joel just take the night off and and we're gonna let his assistant coaches handle it. That's yeah, what should have happened. But they're undefeated at this point. They can't take this right now. It's Florida. <laughs> Can you what some if, things if, and Bill? I know if, you're being hey. I know you're being facetious, but like the, some things are bigger than hockey. You know what like, if right. what if and Aldrich, it drives that's me exactly, fucking that's exactly crazy. what Quinville said about hey. the Brad Aldrich situation in 2010. We can't handle this right now. What and if Aldrich? It, yes, you can. What if Aldrich you has raped Patrick Kane? Do you think that he wouldn't have been fired on the spot, assuming Kane came forward? Oh. Oh yeah. I mean, so anyone, yeah. anyone on the roster, anyone who was on their fourth that, line that year, that that well, anyone but, that was but playing, all, but uh, 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 Beach was on the roster. He was a black ace at the time. He was a black ace, but he wasn't playing. Yeah, he was I think, on the roster. I think right. any any guy right. on the roster who was playing night in and night out, he gets fired if he does that to one of them. Which it shouldn't right. matter, but it, it does, shouldn't. and that's a it's a joke. Because that that just that just shows, and Kyle Beach during his interview, he was talking today about how it felt like uh, he didn't matter, you know, and how he was wrong, and about how his what happened to him didn't matter to anyone, and uh, and he said that just killed him. Um, and how do you, and that just goes to show you that if it had happened to somebody in the roster, absolutely he gets fired, uh, assuming they come forward. And but Beach, no, nothing happens. They allow him to resign and just walk away without doing an investigation. It's it's such a it's it's so absurd. 
They, they, I mean, if he had stayed on, they do an investigation. Um, no, if you resign, we won't, we won't do one. We'll let you go do this to somebody else. How fucking irresponsible can you be? Yeah. My God, I, anybody associated with this should. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I mean, I mean, prosecute those you, can, you guys. You can prosecute. This is a fucking crime. It's a it's a rape. It's a, that you just it is. Al- allowed to, and, and you're in action. Allow the rape of other people. It's you're just insane. complicit. You're complicit in the crime. You should absolutely be able to be prosecuted for hiding this shit. I don't. I, yeah. I and by and by passing the buck and saying, oh, you know, it was all on McDonough. You know, he was going to take care of it. Uh, no. And it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, but when and you, that, but maybe, that's what but, but oh, you, know, you know what, you know what, that's fine. That's fine though. If in that meeting they determined McDonald's going to handle it. I, 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 okay. He's going to handle it. Okay. But then when nothing happens ever, it's like, Hey, I thought you were going to handle this. Oh yeah. Well we didn't. And then you say something, right? Yeah. Like after yeah, some amount of time goes by where nothing happens, you have to step in and say, Hey, this is what this, something needs to happen here. Is something okay? So Bowman, yeah, that's what pissed me off about Bowman's response was, you know, when he's like, "Oh, I've stepped aside," and uh, but you know, I thought the whole time McDonough was going to do something. That doesn't fucking matter, dude. At this point, it's been eleven years. You never said a word. It took an investigation to come mm-hmm. out for them to find out that you knew exactly what was going on. That's not an excuse anymore, bro. If this was, if this was. A month after it happened, okay, I could maybe see a little bit. Like, I'm going to give him a little time to decide what he needs to do. It's been 11 years. You never said a word. So you are just as guilty as McDonough and anyone else in the organization that hid what happened. It's, um, I, I, I mean, I, we've been complaining a lot about it, rightfully so. And uh, uh, it's it's just something that it's it's... It's hard to understand how that many people can just look the other way. Um, and then when Beach said in his interview today that he was, when he Googled Brad Aldrich's name uh, recently, to and he found out that there were more accusations against him uh, in, in the high school and, and Miami uh, University, uh, University of Miami, Ohio. Um, he said he just, and that like pushed him hard to come forward. And you have, I mean, you have to understand, surely what, what is, what is going through Quinville's mind? And I, I pick on Quinville because he's the, he's kind of the most prominent guy uh, that was in that meeting as far as like, you know, public figures go. Um, what's going through his mind when he hears about these cases that come up, you know, I assume you heard about them. Uh, accusations against Aldrich uh, at you know in a high school and in the the at Miami of Ohio. I mean, wh- wh- are you just letting it happen? I, I don't I don't understand how how you can as a human being. I don't understand how you can just let uh, let a you who a guy you know is a predator out there, uh, a sexually assaulting uh, kids, sixteen year old yeah. kids. It, it's just it's sick. It, I, I it's it's beyond sickening and, and it's it's beyond. I can't comprehend. My mind doesn't work that way. I cannot comprehend how someone can just look the other way. It, it looks like Bill, you have something to say, so I want to get to you. But um, um no, go ahead. I, I was just going to add real quick. I actually want to give some kudos to 
NHL Network. I flipped that on after the the Flyers game ended, and they actually just showed the full interview uh, with um, with Kyle Beach. So um, even though they're associated with the NHL, I'm very happy to see that they are bringing light to what happened and and uh, bringing media towards what happened because it, this this absolutely needs to be in front of every NHL fan's eyes. Yeah, and and I'm glad you pointed that out because I was I was gonna uh, say you know that um, last night when I had the uh, <clears throat> uh, had NHL Network on for a little bit um, there you know the, it, there was a just this laugh fest going on um, I think it was, it was Mike Rupp and um, Jody Shelley and uh, I forget the name of the host. And uh, they were just making joke after joke about, um, you know, what was going on in the, in the, you know, the devil's locker room at some point. And the host just couldn't stop laughing. And I'm like, man, on a day like this, you know, when all this news is broke about what's happened in Chicago, this just feels, feels like, you know, it, it could just be, you know, that they're trying to keep their minds off of it. And, you know, it, winds up coming off as inappropriate, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that they, you know, the, they did uh, take the step to actually show the, show the uh, TSN interview today. That I think that, that that's the great turnaround from last night. The, um, the actual evaluation written by Quinville, uh, which was dated June 29th, 2010. And this was after Aldridge had separated from the team. Uh, it was unsigned by Quinville. But uh, it is said that he wrote this. And Quinville said it uh, when interviewed, he said it sounded like something he would write. Uh, quote, Aldrich did a great job for the coaching staff in preparation, uh, in preparing us all for all of our meetings and coordinating several tasks that we forward his way. Brad has several people relying on him at the same moment and has a way of deflecting and accommodating everyone at once. Congrats on winning the Stanley Cup! Exclamation point. So, and that was from uh, 2010. That's really hard to hear because I, I know that, like two of you, that's a man I have respected my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. I've never told this on the show, and I'll never tell it again because he doesn't deserve the credit. Um, when I was a young man, I was uh, 15. I had just broken my ankle playing hockey. He was signing autographs. He was the Blues coach, and uh, I met him at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods out in West County. And, um, he, uh, we started, uh, I went up and I had him sign something. He asked if I, how I broke my ankle. And I told him that I played hockey and, you know, uh, he, uh, he was nice as can be. We had about 10, 15 people behind us. He said, you know what, uh, Jeff, just, uh, go sit over there for a second. Uh, and he looked at my dad and he goes, can, you know, if you guys wouldn't mind hanging out for a little bit, let me sign everybody else's autographs. And I want to, I want to have a talk with you. And he had this conversation with me about, you know, playing hockey. And because I had mentioned, uh, you know, yeah, I would love to play in the NHL one day. I don't think I'm good enough. Plus, this injury is going to hold me back. He had a nice long conversation with me about how, you know, 90% of NHL players, it's about effort, not, not what skill you already have. It's just putting in the work. And he, he sat with me for 10 minutes at least, and, and told me all this great stuff. And it just made me have so much respect for the guy. One of my most favorite people in hockey. 
And then to hear this, and within, I mean, within, if I could snap, I would, but uh, snap of, <laughs> of, of, of reading what he said and, and, and what he knew and did nothing. It changed my entire perception of him. I don't want to see his face again. I don't want to see him around NHL players. I definitely don't want to see him around prospects. Uh, as a coach, you're, you're expected to make the right decision, and you're believed that 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 you're the person who's always going to have your back. He didn't have Kyle Beach's back at all, and who's to say that you know if this he, happens he, again? Now, obviously, it happens again. Now, I think something will change. But what about in the last ten years? We don't know. Something could have happened. He doesn't. He's not going to say anything. He didn't make the right call here. And for that one decision to not make the well, right call, he doesn't belong it, in the NHL. It, it, it's it's one decision initially, but then every time he thought about it after that, it's another decision. And he chose that same path each time. And you know, I mean, he thought about it since, right? Probably a number of times. Um, and he how chose can you that not same think? How can that not be the last thought in your head before you fall asleep every night? <sighs> That's that's the way I see it. How can you not be thinking about that as you're closing your eyes every night? It's irrational, uh, and trying to rationalize it is is futile. I, I to to do what he did and and others in that meeting did that knew about it. You know, I just it it's uh, it it it's beyond comprehension that somebody could let that go and and let him just go out into the world and and keep doing it to other people. Uh, that's and th- and me to me that's the crime. That, I mean, that's the that's the the like I said, the fact that it happened to Kyle Beach is awful, and it should have been dealt with properly. But uh, the fact that it wasn't, and it's an even bigger deal uh, that he that it just got exponentially worse with other people, and it affected so many other lives, and probably ruined other people's lives um, senselessly, and ruined. I mean, think about that. I mean, as a six, just, as a as a as a parent, you know. You, you raise your kids, and at 16, something like that happens to them, and their life has changed forever negatively. Uh, and who knows how they deal with it. And it's just like, you know, fuck you. You know, I, I don't I, – it doesn't – I don't know. I, 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 you know, probably talked about it too long, but it's just – it's just something that I'm, I'm – you struggle with trying to understand, and you just kind of ramble on about it, and it's just – it's uh, mind-boggling. It makes you not want to be a fan of the NHL. It really does. Like I, it, it like Bill said. Like um, you know, I was watching. Uh, I don't remember what it was. I was watching something this afternoon. Um, oh, it was just a, a game replay on NHL Network. Um, one of the games last night, and I remember I looked up at intermission, and I just saw two of the guys laughing about something, and I just thought, no. I don't want to see this. And and then they started showing replays. And I even said, I don't even want to watch this right now. Like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to even think about hockey right now, which is odd for me. Uh, if anyone knows me, it, it's I think about hockey 24-7. And I had to turn it off because I'm like, I don't even want to be around the sport right now because I'm so disgusted by what the Blackhawks let happen. You know, you know what's 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 okay. So what's done is done. And I want so much for the NHL 
to take steps to do the right thing from this point forward. Um, because that's the best that you can do. You can't change what happened. So you have to try and move forward and do what's right now. Um, the Blackhawks had a number of people step down, which is whatever, you know, but what can you do as the Blackhawks? Um, uh, but the league can do more, you know, they, they find the Blackhawks $2 million. That's nothing. It should have been, it should have been $50 million and it should have been, uh, a multiple first round draft picks. And it should have been just, I mean, not that that solves the issue, but it's, 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 it's sending a message, but it's a punishment for something they did. They did that they, they did wrong. And it's just, I think the NHL is kind of dropping the ball here. Now, granted, this is the first day. So hopefully more happens from this point forward. And uh, man, if after that meeting tomorrow between Bettman and Quinville, if, nothing happens and there's no further action by the NHL. Oh, that's going to enrage people. Is something, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to talk about, but it, it, <laughs> I'm not sure what they have to even talk about. What's, what's Quimble going to say? Um, he has been caught in a lie. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure what Bettman expects to hear, and what he's going to do otherwise. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. Want to have to show up? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm so disgusted. I, I hate to yeah. end on such a sour note because, no, I mean, the Blues are fucking 5-0, and, oh, and we should be celebrating and being excited. Well, we should be down in beers and just, ah, yeah, this is great. Let's let's hope that uh, as this goes on, uh, more things are done to, you know, you can't right. make it right, but but more things are done to, to you know, uh, I don't know, make make it better if you can, uh, or or, right. or to to satisfy or to give the appropriate punishments to the people that need to be punished, at least to some degree, because I think as so far it's in pretty light. So allowing people to quit their yeah. jobs is not is not. And I think honestly, seeing the outrage from fans on social media. Now, granted, I know that a lot of times social media is the vocal minority, but we have seen social media. Plus, there was Bruins fans in Florida tonight. They were chanting "Fire Quinville." I think it's only going to get worse. I think next road game. You mentioned it. I think Kurt in our chat that next road game. It's only going to be worse for Quinville mm-hmm. still around. Um, they were lucky to be at home tonight. Let me ask you, if they were away, you think they would have still had him coach tonight? Yeah. Hmm. I think so. Probably. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, you know, there, there's this groundswell happening, um, you know, that – you know, the again, maybe it is a vocal minority. Um, you, you never really can tell um, because you know it is social media, and uh, it, the loudest voices get the attention. Um, but you know, it, it is it is disheartening um, that Quenville was allowed to coach tonight. Um, you know, and, and and I think that you know that. You know, maybe we can we can end the show. Um, you know, it's been a downer 
uh, down our last half of the show. And, you know, you're right. You know, it, it, there's so much to be thankful for uh, as a Blues fan. Uh, but maybe we can uh, try to end this on a positive note. And uh, two things that I, I want to see uh, coming out of this. You know, number one, uh, the Blues better not. You know, I don't care what the outcome is tomorrow night against Colorado, but Saturday night they cannot fucking lose to the Blackhawks on our homes. Oh, that that not. is going to be like it, tune in for that game because there's going to be so much vocal taunting from the crowd. It may get out of hand, it may be inappropriate at times, but it's got to happen. Um, that can happen. But the other more positive thing is I think we need to recognize the, the heroes. We, you know, we toasted, uh, Kyle Beach. We, we, we toasted Rick Westhead and, and Katie Strang on their reporting on this. And, you know, I think we need to keep focus on that, right? That they, they're there. They're the victims and the, the heroes in this situation. Um, and, you know, so the other, other guy I'd call out here is Paul Vincent, the, uh, yes. the Blackhawks skills coach who Katie Strang uh, has has tweeted out and said that she really believes that his um, you know his uh, him you know coming out and, and his testimony and uh, you know during this process uh, really turned everything around and and made you know gave footing um, to uh, to what happened and, and made people actually believe yeah it did happen and um, it. it came to results so cheers to him um cheers to kyle beach um what a brave man uh for for coming out like this um and um being you know being the the victim and the hero uh i think in this situation so yeah he, i just i i know that uh he had talked about paul vincent today too and and said all the great things about him and all the encouragement he's provided and i'll say too like you said with kyle beach um it's unfortunate that he has to come forward and and be a face for this but um i hope it it helps people realize that you're not alone if you're a a victim of sexual abuse i posted this on twitter earlier but i'm gonna go ahead and mention here too if you happen to be a victim of sexual abuse first of all rely on your family rely on your friends uh don't suffer in silence you need to talk about it you need to get it out and you need to find justice uh national national uh sexual assault hotline at least in in the u.s i don't know about canada uh 1-800-656-4673 that number again is 1-800-656-4673 they say that they have operators available 24 hours a day, so do not suffer. Um, get this out. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your profession is. I don't care what age you are. If you suffer from this, it is important to get the word out and get justice for yourself because you deserve it. All right. That'll wrap up our show, which has honestly felt like a special episode of Punky Brewster, where Cherry almost died because she played hide and seek in an abandoned refrigerator. <sighs> <sighs> it's, the, it's, that, it's that feeling you get when you watch the show and you're like, oh, this is supposed to be a comedy and I feel icky after watching this. I mean, if, you know, so, yeah. this was this was an exhausting show. Like I I actually going into the show, I said, I don't care how late we end. I'm all about getting on discord after the show. After this conversation. I'm done. I, I, I'm ready for that. 
I need to go to sleep. I need to forget about this. Support for Let's Go Booze Radio is brought to you in part by Idealife, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Booze Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their tap room. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. Well, that'll wrap up episode... What is it? Seven? Six? Whatever. Of, uh, <laughs> season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook Live chats during the live show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. We appreciate you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Hey, 5-0, and oh, boys. Let's be excited. Let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.